Hello fellow homebrewers, JP here, and I want to introduce to you the brand new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Series available at More Beer. More Beer sells the highest standard in homebrewing equipment, and the Brewbuilt Conicals are just that. They're made from mere polished 304 stainless steel, and they come with loads of features that you and I have been looking for. They have a full 2-inch bottom dump valve, which will eliminate your clogging issues, while the sturdy base includes four reinforced legs, just like those big pro tanks do. More Beer also carries the Brewbuilt line of options and add-ons like casters, pressure kits, and even external glycol chillers. So you can find out more about the new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Unitanks by going over to morebeer.com for detailed videos on the entire line of Brewbuilt Conicals. You can trust Brewbuilt with your next fermentation, and you can trust More Beer to find the right conical for you. Brewbuilt at morebeer.com. Today's Sunday session is brought to you thanks to the fine folks at More Beer. Visit them right now at morebeer.com. If you really want to be one of the best brewers there is... I stopped uh, dressing all in plastic. You better be brewing five to six times a week. A beer, every beer, is made with love, and it begs to be appreciated. I need something to kill the salmonella I'm kind of worried about in the eggs. Do you find that uh, that the hops kind of clash with the uh, chicken embryo you put in there? (laughs) I might sleep here tonight. It's a California king. There's plenty of room for both of us, Beavis. How many of the brewers over there have seen your ass? That's it. Someone's getting cut tonight. Yeah. Hey, McDonald, how you doing? (laughs) Now, live from the Brewing Network Studios in Northern California, this is the radio program for home brewers, craft brewers, beer lovers, and beer geeks. It's your only source for live beer radio that brings expert brewers together with... Expert drinkers. This is the radio program with a head on it. This is the session. Good evening, everybody. Good evening. Good Good evening. Welcome, here we are once again, the session. But this is not Justin, this is Jason. What? I know, right? I fooled you all. The wow. Justin Jason session. Because I don't, well, you know, I think we're interchangeable because neither of us really care about anybody else. JP is looking good tonight. Thank you. Wait. Wait. What? I don't understand. I don't get it. Is that a compliment? Yes. Shit. You look taller. So, speaking of weird compliments, I don't know if it's a compliment, but uh, weird things that I didn't know about myself that I was told by other people. Okay. So I, uh, it was earlier today, we're getting ready for the show, and I walk in with a beer, and uh, a couple of those uh, lackeys from the Hop Grenade in Beverly were in the, uh, in the um, uh, meeting or whatever, the, uh, the booth. The closet. And uh, I walk in, and you know that when, people, when you walk in the room and you know instantly that everybody was just talking about you? Oh, really? <laughs> because they just stop... And look, <laughs> and then they look back at one another and then start giggling. They bring up something awkward. Wow. <laughs> yeah, cover the, yeah, and I'm like, cover the awkward silence. Are you not on bed? Sorry. I don't, I don't giggle. Well, I cackle. <laughs> pretty, you, you giggle. <laughs> okay. That's uh, and I'm like, oh, okay, what? Do you tell me what's going on? Apparently, I wear a lot of cologne. Yeah. And they were complaining about how, how terrible I smelled or something like that. Once it gets mixed in with I all your sweat. I was not complaining. Sometimes you smell like a used car, sale, car salesman. Do I, see, why hasn't anybody told me that before? I have to wait till uh, some uh, you know some guy who serves me beer tells me. We're waiting till you're know, in a position not. of power so we can knock Whoa. you down. <laughs> That's yeah. what it was. Yeah. We That's picked rude. now to discuss it. Oh. 
Um, we just figured you knew. Is this an intervention? Yeah. I just knew that I, I'm, I'm blowing your sinuses can't, out. Can't you smell yourself? No. Well, but when you put the cologne on. Well, yeah, and then I go, oh, this smells real good. And then 10 minutes later, it's gone. And I go, okay, well, I know enough now because I was a teenager once. And, you know, my dad actually taught me a few things about, uh, you know, putting cologne on. And you go, son, if you can't smell it, doesn't mean that nobody else can. Uh, I don't know. I had no idea. No. But, uh, I, you know, look, I took it with stride, took it off the chin. And I'm like, hey, I'm glad someone at least told me instead of just being the butt of the joke forever and ever. Well, they more just laughed at you. Well, but when confronted about the laughter, then they then they told me, and I appreciate oh, okay. that. Yeah. yeah, because we're bros. It's good to have friends like that. <laughs> it's good to have friends <laughs> who, once confronted about making fun of you behind your back, will spill the beans. Right. I, really I have never that. once thought you smelled too colony. Uh, Honestly, are you on, Mike? No. Are you? No, yeah, you are. These are all dead. No, there you go. No, I heard you're him there. Oh, yeah. yeah, there, buddy. Yeah. Oh, okay. How you doing? Hi. Good. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 we were a little cologne and. Uh, you do? Yeah. And uh, I never noticed uh, yours. Or, uh, I never noticed yours either. But then yeah. again, we don't, like, embrace. Well. <laughs> we, we, we pass, Maybe. like, ships in the night. And, and that's we, all right. We do the man hug thing. I we mean, do. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Like, but, like, when I go in for a man yeah, hug. Instead of C's there, I'd be, like, you know, all over you. <laughs> you'd be. Well, see, and that's the thing. I think you would be inhaling when you, when you hugged. <laughs> Maybe you wear the same cologne. You know, I, so you're, I, uh, exactly. You when I hug girls, I always inhale. Oh, Maybe we wear the same cologne, so you don't smell it on each other. Do you other. wear "Sauvage" right. by Kristen Jouar? No, I'm an axe guy. Oh, okay, those are made up words, right? But, <laughs> yeah, they're no, well. No, French it, is generally made up. Here's what I did. You can do the same thing. Yeah. I have like people test me, like I use chicks, right? Test me. Yeah. You know, come tell me like when you can smell me, and they'll get like you know four or five inches away. Then they can smell me. Like, like fine. That's my zone. I can. That's oh, that's a good pretty. way to get chicks four or five inches away from you too. I need to have. Oh, the, fun. I need to have the chick zone <laughs> no, detector. No, you no, I have fun with it, of course. Oh man, it's one of those mindless. Yeah. So, what does, does Taryn think you wear too much? No, well, I, I don't. I don't know. Maybe she's used to. Maybe she wears too much too, and we're just kind of blown out with each other. We don't even understand. We're going to be one of those old couples that walks down the street, and then you can smell that. You can follow the vapor trail. Get stuck on next to the bus. Yeah, I don't ride the bus for that reason. Now, now I'm afraid to ride the bus because I don't want to be the smelly guy. Well, like, but you'll be the nicer smelling guy, and well, the guy who just shit his pants. Probably. Maybe you're you're just gonna go throw it away now, knowing you. You could, it made you feel no. subconscious. <laughs> no, I just well. So I used to put some on that I've had for a while. So maybe it wasn't as pungent. But I put two little spritzes on and like, okay, that's fine. And then Bev, whenever I'd say hi, she goes, "Oh, you smell really good." And I go, "That's a positive comment. I'm gonna keep doing this." But I got new stuff. Maybe it's more potent oh. or a deeper spray. So maybe it's it's too much. Maybe I well, maybe I shouldn't smell good for you guys. Well, you are kind of wasting bad, it on so us. We'll give know. you options. We'll give you a Christmas noticed. gift of some new scent. <laughs> I'd, much rather, oh, I'd much rather you smell too cologne than like B.O. You so. know, Nate just gave me a great idea. Um, uh, uh, a cologne advent calendar. <laughs> 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 Once a day, just a one ounce little tester. You open another one. Oh, look, it's, you know, sandalwood. You can be as annoying as well, everyone else is here <laughs> nowadays. <laughs> With well, your own special smell. And then at Christmas, you wear them all at once. <laughs> or just for your Christmas list, put cologne and then see what all your friends think that you smell like or that Ooh, you want to smell like. That's a good challenge. That should be yeah. the next brewcaster challenge. <laughs> forget, forget this brewing garbage. What smell reminds me of you? Pick a smell. Pick a smell for your fellow brewcaster. Speaking of brewcaster challenge, I racked my barley wine. Oh, yeah? I'm not going to tell you. Into what? The drain? Don't even worry about it. Okay. Into bottles marked Sierra Nevada Bigfoot. Oh, good. That sounds good right already. I hope that's all right. It has a little number on the cap and everything. Yeah. Um, I'm going to tell you, I'm I'm pretty stoked. 
There's yeah. no there's no weirdness going on. I'm I'm, I'm not going to tell you more details of that. We'll save it for the show. But uh, just a couple well, so more far, weeks so good, of aging, saying, right? I get it. Nice. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty good. Great. Cool. I'm pretty excited about it. Yeah. And then I brewed on Sunday. Whoa. I had a whole thing. I, had a, I did a whole weekend. You're getting into wow, this. Wow, that, that's a stuff. lot of beer for one weekend. Yeah. I drank wine. Beard and I went wine tasting together. Oh yeah, so, that was a break from the beer. Just him and I. Yeah. Things, that, out things that guys do. Are you serious? Taryn didn't go. No, no, I'm not. I'm kidding. Taryn, oh, okay. yeah, Taryn and Candy, Why would and, uh, Taryn our friends, go? and yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's the whole thing. Yeah, like at the winery in Sonoma or Napa and everything. Yeah, we went to Ridge. We went yeah. up to Sonoma, hung out at Ridge for a bit. That's my new favorite winery. Uh, yeah, nice. Beardy and I have been wine tasting with a couple of friends before, and uh, I don't really. There's not a lot of wineries like locally that I like gravitate to. Like wine is kind of just wine. I'm trying, though. I'm learning. But I uh, went up to Ridge uh, in Sebastopol. It was amazing. Their wines were amazing. And they got some cool... Uh, Nate's not buying it. <laughs> I don't believe you. Nate's they, broken. They've got some, some of the oldest vines they were telling us. In the in, country. In the, yeah, in the country. And Planned the wine, in the late 1800s, man. That's you need to, the wine right? is great. You Crazy need to bring Shay with you when you go do stuff like that. Well, that I don't... God, yeah. I mean, that would be awesome, but I, I'm afraid we'd never get out of there. That's also possible. He'll ask a lot of questions. Anyway. Uh, yeah, so this is the show, man. This is the session uh, I'm covering for Jay. He is out uh, touring the Pacific Northwest with the Frenchies out in the bunker. Uh, actually, they're going to be, uh, they might be stopping by saying hi, so that'll be cool. What? Wait, wait, wait. Stopping by? Like we are by not town? currently in the Pacific Northwest. Right. I didn't say we were. Come on. Right, but you said Justin was. They were touring. Oh, yeah. They're touring the Pacific. Whatever, Bev. They were Russian River this afternoon. Yeah, they were. Yeah, oh, so yeah I bet go. they're still there. I'm going to turn That is north of here. That is north of here. And it's west. So yeah. you we're didn't fine. lie. We're all right. Uh, we do have a pretty cool show for you tonight. Of course, Nate Smith is in the studio, and he's going to learn about us uh, some hop sensory evaluation tips and tricks. We have uh, seven different varieties from Nico Brew. You got all those hops sitting around in your freezer you may have had for a while, or new 2015 hops you just got your hands on. Yeah. Uh, how to adapt and evaluate what you have, what you may have not used in a while what you may be getting uh through this new crop year how's that different than what you had in the past how can you adapt your recipe or your brewing process to respond to that so i'm, I'm pretty excited about it because i actually i was like i said i was brewing i found some old hops in my um in my refrigerator and they were sealed and everything but i think they were like two years old and i'm like I, I, there's no way yep. to know if these are any good because if i cut them open uh, and then they smell all right. I don't really know what I'm looking for in the smell, first of all, because I didn't smell them before I put them in, so I don't have anything to compare them to. Right. Um, and then I've ruined them because I'm not going to you know, brew for another six months or whatever. But yeah, and then you got that open package or whatnot. You <laughs> right. may or may not necessarily <laughs> yeah. want to commit to that. But oftentimes, you'll find that you can use at least one place in the process for the hops if they've been stored correctly and they seem like they're in decent shape. So we'll get into the ways that you can make good use of those and not necessarily have to toss them. No. I'm stoked. I'm really excited about it. Uh, and then after Nate's segment, we're going to talk to the homebrew chef, Sean Paxton. It's been a while since we've talked to Paxty. Um, he's going to talk about Thanksgiving, or as I like to call it, try and eat all of the slices of pie day. Because oh. Thanksgiving is pie is pie for me. It's not turkey. Turkey you get year-round, but pie. Dessert only, huh? It's dessert only. you got to go pie or go home. No cranberry sauce? No, no, I can't do cranberry sauce. No gravy, sauce. no turkey? I don't give it. Well, I mean, I'll eat it because it's there. I'm not going to go out to like in it, and out. It's the appetizer for pie. It really is. It's the uh, uh, amuse-bouche for mm-hmm. pie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
With all these French words. I, just, I think you're just making things up <laughs> Fancy. to confuse me. Uh, Paxi's going to join us. He's going to tell us how to include some tasty beers into our food this holiday season. Uh, because, you know, he likes to cook with his beer. Uh, and he's going to give us an entire Thanksgiving Day menu off his new site. He's been hard at work revamping homebrewchef.com. And he built an entire menu complete with recipes and how-tos and photos and everything for us and it's uh <laughs> pumpkin uh cinnamon what was it pumpkin uh pumpkin spatzel brewed or made with uh double barrel ale from firestone walker Sweet. yeah that looks pretty good stuff like that like that's <laughs> bev's broken too like he's not just drinking while he's just cooking. trying to like like sounds great embrace that yeah <laughs> like uh take your time so we're going to give the URL out for that uh, when we talk to Paxson, but uh, that'll be uh, great, too. And then, of course, we have uh, we have a little bit of beer news to do. Uh, it's going to be a good time. I don't think anything happened in the beer world since we were last on. No. No, it shouldn't. It shouldn't Nothing. have right. happened at all. Nothing. We'll find out later. We're, this um, is like back to 2006 now. <laughs> it's quiet and calm. It's quiet. Everything's fine. Yeah. Get in the market while you can now. Yeah. Uh, I predict it's- people will be bought out. Uh, head to our website. You can donate there. You can use our Amazon link. Christmas shopping is, uh, is should be happening now. Uh, if not, it's going to be happening on Friday. You bet your balls with uh, Black Friday going down. But uh, use our Amazon link. We, we sneak in a little behind you, and, uh, and we, we get a little bit of your money from Amazon. It helps us out, and uh, you don't notice a thing. And uh, Amazon, uh, I don't know, Amazon buys us wine and some chocolates afterwards, and it's pretty nice. It's a really a lovely afternoon. So uh, support us. Go to Amazon link. We also have our Twitter game, which, let's see, let me use my alarm. Here, our Twitter game today is sponsored by the Labruski Cruise. We're all oh, going in Lord. March. I need to get yeah. my freaking passport. Start on it. Still. Oh yeah. It's, oh, dude, you're getting on. it down to the wire right time. now. No, you don't have to. You, you can, you, uh, it won't be a rush. Go Tasty ahead. doesn't want me to go. He's like, I'm dude, wait till fucking yeah. February. Who no, cares? don't do yeah. it now. <laughs> but you yeah. got time. Okay. Yeah. You have to pay for exped- expedited shipping. No, you don't. Do you? That's all right. If you wait. Past like, now. Make past it a business now? Yeah. I thought it was two months. Past uh, right business now. Business expense. Yeah. <laughs> Assuming yeah, right. my business makes money. Uh, anyway, come t- uh, to the Labruski cruise. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to be cruising to the uh, Caribbean, or as uh, my friend Billy Ocean would say, the Caribbean. Caribbean queen. Caribbean. With like a ton of breweries. Too. That's going to be amazing. Going yeah, and we're going to do some games. We're going to do some live. I don't know if we're going to do live broadcast, but we're going to do. <laughs> games would be cool. We're going to do some things. I'm going to do some lounging. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to do some tanning. Yeah. No, I don't tan. Maybe some vomiting. <laughs> There's <a> definite possibility. <laughs> some sunburning. There will definitely be some sunburning also. Uh, I, I can't wait. It's going to be fun. I've never been on a, a Caribbean cruise, and uh, I think it's going to be a good time. Um, anyway, our Twitter game. Wait a how do you how do you find out what's the Labruski cruise? I don't know. I was hoping that you wouldn't uh, bring that up, Tasty, because I don't Why? have that ready. Yeah. Well, Where's Google this? that. What is it? Stump JP. What are yeah. the dates? The March. The uh, I think like the second or something like that. Early March. Sometime in March. Yeah. Yeah, I'm doing a real good job. <laughs> I think it's the third through the seventh. Sorry, the Brady cruise people. But hey, it's good yeah. cruise somewhere around then. Well, look hey. on, our, on our on our web page. There's a link for it. Yeah, there absolutely. Is. Yeah, or you just Google the Bruce the Bruce cruise. Page. It's yeah. gonna be a good time. It's before the new Winter Bruce Fest. It's gonna be before That's the new sure. Winter Bruce Fest, which <laughs> I also don't know when it is. Right. Because usually yes. during the show, I don't pay attention. And Jay said something about the dates at one point, but it's in April. It's April second. Yeah, April second. April second. That's Winter Bruce Fest. Uh, it's, it's spring. Yeah. Uh, it's Bruce Sprinter Bruce Fest. Right. Oh. Sprinter Bruce. Wow. It's, no, it's no April Fools. I leave for one week, and Winter Bruce goes to April. Well, the whole season shifted. Well, oh. there yeah. was it's a lot. It's El Nino, right? Yeah. It's El Nino. There's a lot going on with. Beer week. Yeah, SF Beer Week got right. shifted Super around. Bowl. The yeah. Super Bowl kind of screwed us over. Yeah. And, um, you know. So you got to adapt, you know. All that kind of stuff. 
so your, your Twitter game today is I was uh, thinking about the uh, the uh, the Frenchies riding in the RV with Justin. Um, and those guys don't bathe that much. They don't bathe that much. Justin doesn't French. bathe that much. Ooh, yeah. The Frenchies probably don't. I don't know. We'll see. I've only met okay. a couple times. You need to give them your cologne since you're not going to be wearing it anymore. <laughs> yeah. And it's it's Duar. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Uh, so I want you guys to describe to me oh. the smell of the <laughs> RV after a week of nothing but yeah. charcuterie and beer oh, yeah. in the Pacific Northwest, of which we are not a part of, apparently, according to Bev. We are not a part of the Pacific Northwest. So get on Twitter. Um, yeah. Tell me. Let me know. What tell us what you think. Yeah. Tell us yeah. what you think. Make up something good. You guys ready for some feedback? Feedback? Yeah. Yes. Where's the Please. banjo music? Sorry, I couldn't press the button fast enough to get the words. Who's, uh, who's uh, sponsoring feedback? This feedback today is brought to you by Beer Law Center. You can go to beerlawcenter.com. Our friend John protects our trademarks. He protects my personal trademark. He protects a lot of people that I know's trademarks. And uh, he can protect yours, too. Beerlawcenter.com. John's a handsome guy. He wears a bow tie. Um, this one is from Tim. He says, I'd like to know a little bit more about buying beer online. I've heard there are some services that allow you to purchase beer, but I'm not sure if you can ship it from state to state or if there are any restrictions like that. Do you or anyone else on the show have any experience in doing this? I can definitely see issues with shipping uh, shipping cost, I guess, is the $2 signs. Uh, the beer not being refrigerated, breaking bottles, etc. Just wondering if you or any other brewcasters or the BN Army, for that matter, could talk about this. Tim, uh, he's a BN Army corporal. It, Tasty, have you ever shipped beer or ordered beer online? Just one time. I was uh, maybe I was like uh, brewing a beer for competition and I won the classic example and I ordered it from someplace. But uh, How was that experience for you? It was fine. Yeah. Just a really expensive beer. Yeah. I mean, it's like, I don't know, it ends up being like twice. Like, it's, you know, if it's like a bottle that would sell for like three bucks, I'm paid like nine to yeah. you have it in my hand. You, <laughs> you know? buy it three times over before you I mean, it. Uh, yeah, so in terms of like, uh, personally, yeah, uh, you know, if I was, of course, I'm not a beer uh, collector, collector yeah. or I don't give a shit if I've had the latest beer or not. Yeah, you're not like a white I just drink what I like, right? Yeah. And it's more about just going out to me. Uh, but uh, what was I talking about? Oh, uh, what was the question? How do you think I look in this shirt? Yes. Yeah. You look really... Oh, you look like a smurf. Just about if you have any experience with shipping beer, getting beer shipped oh, yeah. to you, buying, yeah. it, well, buying yeah. it online. To answer his stuff. question, I yeah. was thinking, uh, well, whoever the place that's selling it knows the, the laws. I mean, if you can order it right. and have it delivered to your address, it's legal. Yeah. It's not like the Wild West of the internet where no one no, really no, knew no. anything got, Those guys be out of business ago. like that Yeah, if they were shipping across state lines, and it's, it's it, can, it can happen. And I, I do think that the, the rules vary state by state. Um, the beer industry is not as organized as the wine industry in terms of actually getting things like that set up le- to where it's clear legally what the rules are. Yeah. And so it kind of depends on the brewery, each brewery's interpretation of what their local restrictions are. Okay. Um, I know there are some breweries, like the Rare Barrel sends their beer out, um, but I know that they can't send it out totally nationwide. They're restricted. Um, uh, yeah, there's certain states so that don't. Right, exactly. But... If you have a friend who can buy it locally and then send it to you, the only way they can't legally send it to you is through the, the USPS. Uh, hasn't that changed? I thought they... They're thinking about it. They're oh, thinking, they're thinking about They talked it. about it, but ah. I don't think anything happened. Oh, that's good. Hey, it's a step in the right direction. Yeah. Change starts with talking. That's right. It's uh, an expensive way to, to go about it's it. It's super yeah. expensive. It can yeah. be fun if you want to get that super special beer that's not available in your region, but I mean, craft beer is growing by leaps and bounds. Almost every region has at least... Some decent breweries doing almost every style you can possibly think of. Or maybe we're just spoiled being 
in this area, I would probably I'd look locally first to try and find something that you're looking for before trying to dump too much money into buying beer online. But it generally works out okay. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Uh, this one is from Scott. He says, after listening to Chris Graham on the session uh, discussing the More Beer Pittsburgh with an H location, I thought that I'd write in and mention how awesome it is for us on the East Coast. On Friday afternoon, I placed an order of about 60 pounds of grain, some yeast, and a pound of hops. The very next morning, it was sitting on my doorstep with free shipping to boot. Maybe it's because I live in Pittsburgh with an H, but this shit is faster than Amazon Prime. I'd never be really comfortable with yeast and hops being shipped from California to PA, especially in the summer. But with the warehouse right down the street, I have no worries at all. The only way it could get better is if they allowed my impatient ass to pick it up from the warehouse. Oh, one other great thing about More Beer Pittsburgh with an H is they have opened their doors to the local homebrew clubs, allowing them to have some meetings there. Pretty damn sweet. Yeah. Keep up the great work. Thanks, Scott. Nice one. Yeah. Pretty cool. Good dudes. Uh, this one is from Mikey, which uh, I don't know if he's just eight or... I don't know. Anyway. He likes it. Yeah. Uh, hey, guys, and Bevo. After two great years of leeching your brewing knowledge and entertainment for free, I've always felt kind of guilty for not donating. As in a father of three with a mortgage who quit his job to go back to school, I thought it may be a while before you see any coin from me. Well, something happened this weekend that pushed me over the edge, and I had to show some financial appreciation. It was not the great content that you guys provide that has forced me to donate, but the fact that I finally got around to YouTubing this Steel Panther band I kept hearing about. <laughs> Changed holy, his life. Holy shit, I pissed myself laughing all Saturday night, and I realized I would never have heard of them if it were not for you guys. So thank you, and Steel Panther alone is worth my monthly corporeal <laughs> subscription. So we're not worth it. No, no, no why would be be? The crap he can get for free is. Well, maybe we no. should. Well, uh, not even the beer uh, information. It's right. the musical we're, we're taste. We're going to the wrong have. angle here. We should be recommended. It's a backhanded compliment. Take it. We can get it. Yeah, yeah let's start doing we're music like and movie reviews. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, this one's from Jacob. He says, hello, Justin and crew. Well, Justin's not here right now. Can I we'll take pass it along. You can yeah. ignore this one. Then. Leave your message at the beep. Uh, I just want to let you know that besides emptying out my savings for you slackers, I've also signed up as a ranger in the BN Army because without the last few years of information, my brewing would never have gotten to this point. Thank you for all you do. And tell Scott I hoped he enjoyed my beer. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know well, what a ranger means, means, but thank you. Uh, yeah, I don't know what that is. What's either. a ranger? Why well, I never met a ranger? Uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> that's way up there, like that's, a forest ranger. That's, that's way up there. Sure. No, I mean, it's yeah. like I don't know. There's armor private sergeants, ranger. Jeez. Uh, this one is from Sit on My Fist. Huh? Yeah. Ouch. All right. Yeah. Right. And then what? So you can only imagine what, how this this, uh, this situation is. You can only imagine. <laughs> We're ready. <laughs> <laughs> he says, uh, was uh, my niggity networks? Oh, boy. Mm. Yeah. Was uh, W-H-A-Z-Z-A. Was uh. That's how it sounded in person at the time. <laughs> in his head, he's like, that's going to be amazing. Was uh. I'm working my way through the archives, and I'm roughly 10 months behind the current show, so you can suck my balls with a Z if this has been addressed already. A couple of episodes ago, late 2014, someone wrote in saying that the Amazon link wasn't showing up on the front page. Scott and Jay had some smart-ass remark about it being there and the listener being stupid for not finding it, but I wanted to let you all know that for people who use an ad block extension to hide ads on the browser, it may very well be hiding the be an Amazon link on the home page for them. Curiously, I had the same thing happen to me, so I put on my thinking cap, and when I disabled my ad block extension on the BN site, the link showed up. Tell Scott he's welcome for doing his, quote, job for him. P.S. Suck it, Beardy. 
Oh wow! Well, this so, guy's a genius. We did huh. cover that last, uh, you know, last yeah, show. Last yeah. show, actually. But uh, I felt it was appropriate. And Scott doesn't take care of that, does he? Well, and, no. and what can we do about people ad blocking through their browser? God, God only Not knows. Much. Yeah, God hey, only uh, This guy and hears this on in, them, and this guy hears this in ten months. <laughs> yeah, thanks for wasting our time. He's gonna be amazed. Yeah. Uh, go ahead, mate. We appreciate. Them. We do appreciate. We, we, we really do. do. Any yeah. sort yeah. of feedback. You can tell yeah. us, uh, you know, how great Daniela was, and you hope we never replace her. Yeah, that's yeah. right. <laughs> you um, might not know. That's what's coming yeah. next in your inbox, actually. <laughs> right. uh, this is from Joshua. He says, uh, hey, guys, and Bevo, got to say I love the show. I started brewing about three years ago, and one yeah. of the things, uh, one of the first things I did was to seek out a good podcast about homebrewing. Then I found yours. No, I'm kidding. Um, he says, I want to seek out a good podcast about homebrewing. I found your show after listening to the Beer Smith podcast with Brad Smith. Both are good shows, but yours is far more entertaining. I, I, you know, I appreciate that. Wow. I think Brad and us do very different things, but we both try to deliver quality information. And uh, I think we, do, we both do a good job. Uh, over the last three years, one of the best segments you guys have done is the Brewcaster Challenge. So much so that I was thinking about going back and listening to just those segments again. Then I thought back to a suggestion that another listener had made. He asked if you guys could play an archived show during your off weeks. I was wondering if you guys could compile the Brewcaster Challenge segments and play that during an off week. Either way, I love what you guys are doing. Keep up the great work. Thank you, Joshua Baker. Uh, no. Oh, what? You That's mean, a lot of work. Oh, we was that your answer? Yeah, oh. the answer is probably going to be. We could have all been drinking with Justin at the Russian River today if that would have happened, and <laughs> then we wouldn't have to be sitting in here. Uh, right? right? You know? uh, no, 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 no. We'll, we'll do even better. Let's wave some money in front of Scott. That's true. <laughs> real money or Monopoly money? Well, no, real money. Like real money. It's a show, right? Because yeah. it would be an entertaining. It would. Piece. People would probably dig it. This guy's probably not the only guy. He's not. He's at least the second. Yeah. Excuse me, the second one. I'm going to pay him to do a best of tasty. Right? Sure. That'd be a lot of dead air. Saying stupid shit. Yeah, it would be a lot of dead air. Short show. Short, please. No, no, just the best best of the sound bites out of context. Oh, man. Just to make people wonder what was going on. It'd be even better if you could edit them together to tell a story. Yeah. That would be pretty good. Yeah. I think you should get on that, Tasty. I think it'd be. Uh... <laughs> I'll, I'll waste the money in front of him. <laughs> I think you should. You uh, got to have a fan who would be willing to do the editing for you, Tasty. I'll, 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 I'll email him, back, you know, under an alias, and tell him I'm going to send him beer. <laughs> get him all excited for the show. Yes. Yeah, yeah, for the show. Sour beer. Make then sure. We'll, it's sour then we'll do it like a test, right? I'll, I'll send him like twelve bottles. Uh, we'll see how many make it here to the show. Just a test. <laughs> this is from Kit Kat Jim in the form. He says, uh, Justin, I was listening to your intro into the uh, Moylan's show. I want you to know that I empathize with you. I, too, have been considering taking a year off. Maybe find someone to send me a text summarizing what the show was about so I don't have to bother with actually listening to you guys myself. But yeah, He wants the cliff notes for every show. <laughs> but like you were saying, once I started listening, it's okay. It's just the sitting around all day thinking about having to listen to the show that gets to me. So I say go for it. Take a year off. Hit the open road. I'll listen to Drew and Denny's new show for a while. Maybe become a sailor in the experimental brewing navy. Which I don't know if that's like a thing that Drew and... Yeah, I, they're doing a show. Well, they're doing well, a the, show, yeah. but the, yeah, yeah. the experimental brewing navy. Oh, I don't, well, hey, they got maybe if they're gonna have the army, they got the navey. <laughs> yeah, look into that. See what they're doing the there. Get in there. It's pretty funny. Riding coattails. Yeah, well, I don't care. I mean, they're just brewers. They're not like you know. They have a creative department. They, <laughs> they, 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 army, navy. I get it. Sure. Yeah. Uh, he says, um, and to, th- uh, to those of you who think it's a bad idea for Justin to leave, just remember that if you love something, you should set it free. If it returns, you can always change the locks. It's just like mm. golf lessons. He'll be back. He'll be back. Right. Uh, this next one says, uh, hi, brewing people. I've been listening uh, for about four years now and finally entered a competition to see what would happen. 
I can tell you what's going to happen. You're going to get paper. And uh, anyway, he says uh, I got a first place for a Scottish sixty shilling, which was right. uh, Nate Smith's loose change. Yeah, nice oh, inspired. And third place for a mild, which was JP's Can You Brew It Solidarity Clone from Eagle Rock. There we go. That's pretty good. Very nice. Nate and I are just changing minds. It's all right. Um, it's the same recipe, really. You just didn't look close enough. <laughs> so is he going to send you guys the medals? Yes. He's going to cut them in right. half. Uh, he says, I just wanted to say thank you since I couldn't have made this without the information that has been poured into my brain by the BN. Well, beyond winning something, which is an odd experience for me, it's great to have beer that I think is good and everyone I give it to seems to like it as well. Don't worry, JP. I know my homebrew still sucks. This is from Nate Brews in the forum. Nate Brews. Session beers, too, man. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Congrats, Can't have dude. enough, man. Uh, this is from Jeremy. He says, uh, a co-worker of mine recommended your show to me a year and a half ago, and I have to admit my life has not been the same since. Not only do I listen to each new episode the day after the podcast is released, but I'm working my way through all the old episodes. I do forestry and have headphones plugged into my iPod all day. I like to imagine what it would look like for someone to see me out in the woods, axe in one hand, <laughs> GPS in the other, laughing maniacally to all of your antics. Your being award show from last winter had me in stitches for hours. Well, maybe it's a slip of the axe that had you. Yeah. <clears throat> <laughs> um, it's enjoyable to see how the show has changed from your roots and to see how the cast of characters changes. Whatever happened to Daniela? She got knocked up and. Weren't you just Germany talking now. about that? <laughs> that's, that's weird. Yeah, that's that weird. She just came up. Yeah. Uh, I'm currently Indeed. listening to the shows from the fall of 2007. There are often references to Doc, Doc's marriage and the likelihood of it falling victim to oh, the BN. Oh, no. He says, sorry, Doc. At least there's Tinder these days. Uh, just the other day, I listened to the 102107 episode, which was Young Miss Beverly's first official appearance. Oh, Jesus. She was young back then. My I oh, was young back then. <laughs> my oh my, how she has changed since then. What, I don't, what was the date? 102107. Uh, they just turned 24. The good nice. old days. Wow. Youth. How I miss you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, You're going like church like three nights a week there, aren't you? Or something? I still do. Okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, now, you, now you're more of a hypocrite than that, I guess. I'm just going to let that slide back. I think I'm right. uh, she said, uh, he goes on to say, uh, in that episode, she apparently worked the chat room topless. Oh, no. says, please say there's photographic evidence and admits to opening a double-ended dildo. Did we have a conversation... Like, apparently, where we're making jokes about you worked the chat room topless and you had a double into dildo? So, I definitely, in my life, <laughs> in the life known as the Brewing Network, have received Hi, Doc. Um, at least one double ended dildo as a gift. As a gift? Yeah. As a gift from Justin, from, always. From you to yourself. Pardon? From you to yourself. No, oh, from somebody else to me, and okay. it was never used let me just be clear <laughs> except to beat um, sam with I'm and sure. i have never ever done this show without clothes on that's true in the history of my life <laughs> that's true which um, life he says about the this life. about oh. the dildo he says lucky for sam unless he's on the receiving end of that one no i actually left it at the studio and i think biscuit used it as a chew toy <laughs> i think she did <laughs> actually uh. precisely what happened uh, anyway, I want to thank you for all the great homebrewing advice and have a quick question for Doc, Jamil, JP, Palmer, Warren, Tasty, or any other reputable homebrewer. I don't know why I'm in there. Uh, I just brewed up Jamil's recipe for Kolsch this weekend and have never done a lager before. 
Well, you still haven't. Right. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's currently bubbling away at 60, uh, 60 degrees. I'm moving this weekend. My plan is to transfer it to a CO2 purged carboy, plug it with a bung, and drive it to the new place. Once I'm there, I'll swap the plug for an airlock and hide it in the garage for a couple of months. I have a firm wrap, but no cold side temperature control. Is this a bad idea? Wait. Any advice would be much appreciated. Thanks again. Creep up the for the What so, is it in right now? Another carboy. Another carboy? Why is he going to transfer it then? Maybe to... So that way it doesn't stir up all the yeast that's settled out oh, already. So. Um, bunging just, just, it. Just an observation. It, when you do stir up yeast, it's already flocked. Yeah. It flocks out really quick. Exactly. Like yeah. hours. I wouldn't worry about okay. it. Don't transfer it. Just I carefully, transfer it. carefully yeah. transport it. And you also, should be okay. Also, shaking it up, if you do bung it, it's going to pressurize a bit. If it doesn't push the bung out yeah. in transport. You could have a very deadly could, situation. <laughs> you might have a frothy situation when you take the bung out. Ooh. That, that might be the sound. Yeah, stir the whole thing up ahead of time. If there's any CO2 in it, it'll let, release that. And, yeah. yeah. I don't yeah, really see it. one of your better ferments after, after you rouse the yeast. Yep. Yeah. Um, What's your other choice? Throw it out? Nah. Well, so he's just, he's just right. transferring. Exactly. He's yeah. racking it in order to transfer it to a different location. That was the... Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, it yeah, doesn't just, sound like... He didn't... Didn't, isn't moving that far away, it doesn't sound like. So it should be easy. Why, why not just put fine. it into a keg? Yeah. We don't know. If you're going to... Exactly. So just rack it into a keg. He, he may not have Unless he's bottle conditioning. I thought that's what he said. Oh, no, he's he said a carboy. Carboy. Yeah, he said oh. transfer to a carboy. Which he wanted to bung. Yeah. Because he didn't want it to spill out. How long has it been fermenting? We don't know. I mean, it's probably almost done. He said it's 60 degrees for something a week. put it in a keg and then let it sit cold. Oh, I'm sorry. We do know. He just brewed it this weekend. So that I checked. Well, I checked this on Friday. So it may have been last weekend. So I don't. I still don't know. So if he's listening and he hasn't done it yet, it's been about eight days or something. Yeah. Leave it in there. I wouldn't even remove it. The beer's done. Yeah. But also, let's make the differentiation. A Kolsch is not a lager. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought right, you said it's a hybrid. Well, oh. well, he said, I, I, I yeah. brewed a Kolsch. I've never done a lager oh. before. Oh, I see. And He's taking he baby steps towards yeah. a lager. Yeah, but he just, so he should know. And also, I wouldn't necessarily sit on a Kolsch for a couple of months. No. Drink no, that it's shit. very light. Yeah. 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 No, I yeah. did, and it was awful. We dumped it. Remember the one we, we brewed together? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. I do. That was it. awful. Well, that's because you actually sat on it. For a couple months. Shut up, Warren. Turn his microphone off. Horton hears an airlock bubble. No, I. We definitely. I stored it for way too long, and you then did. tried to drink it like five months later. It was. That was not a good, good question. Yeah. That was a good question. But uh, yes, colches are not loggers. And let it stay warm. Don't Just, put it back to six. No, you can you logger them like a logger. Right. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and then last but not least, uh, we have the spam of the week. <clears throat> this is from Sue Guzman. Okay. How have you been? Great. Why? What, what is your name? Uh. Where are, you? Where are you from? Beverly. I think I know Sue. <laughs> I am Sue Guzman. Just like <laughs> I live in Seoul. When was the last time you were on the site? I want to write to you today in chat, but you have already left it. I really like your profile. I think that we have many common interests. I'm good at ping pong. <laughs> Cooking fish. <laughs> and yoga. I'll be very glad of your answer. I'm digging this one. I've been, huh. How have you been? What's your name? <laughs> she asked twice. No, it just no. I'm just oh, uh, that was re- recapping. That was the funny part for She's me. She's double checking to make sure she remembers it right. correctly. How you been? Pretty good. What's your name? Shit. <laughs> I'm good at ping pong. I live in Seoul. Okay. I like fish. Yes. I cook the fish. Hi, Doc. How are you doing, buddy? We're good. Uh, I have a I have a present for you. Excellent. You want? You ready for it? <laughs> yeah, okay. 
Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> Meet you all, all the way. way. <laughs> you love Toto. Yeah, just let it soak in. Yeah. Doc, Doc is not a happy man right now. Yeah, well, I went to see uh, the movie the night before last night, and guess what they had in the middle of that? Toto? Yeah. A big Toto breakdown? Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 ruined no, the movie. no, it wasn't Toto. No, I was watching... Uh, Another show with my with my son and it came on and I had to leave. The <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's been giving me shit about that. They're just sending me stuff with Toto in it and like like you know. They found your button. They just want to push it now. Oh no! Well, let's get yeah. that going. Well, and they're, so, they're like, sending me vines. Yeah. Know, just, yeah. Well, like Nate said, he's like, I goes, I, I pretty much feel like Doc can take anything. I go, yeah, except Toto, which is odd. It's just, the the it's thing, a, the thing to key in on for you is Toto. It's a weird line to draw. Uh, <laughs> it's a, it's a complex history. It just grates me the wrong way. Back in the eighties, <laughs> that one time in that one place, Doc just. Uh, uh, uh. Oh man, Doc. Well, that's your Nickelback. Oh, they're bad. Toto was your Nickelback. And then they just got worse. Well, they're gonna meet you all the and way the, though. Yeah. Right. That's and then pretty they good. Got the album of the year for some fucked up reason. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds Happy like a shitty year. Oh, For dog. me. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. How do you not like this? I don't understand. It's, it's a little, jubilant. A little orange. Right. Yeah. It's very jubilant. Who scowls to this music? Yeah. Let that take us to the break. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could, but I don't know how to do that. I'm not, oh, I'm I'm not as proficient. <laughs> Yeah, it was a good the idea, Tasty. The other guy the definitely other... could. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about hops, evaluating them, learning about them, smelling them, uh, maybe not tasting them, but uh, definitely snorting them. You it's the Brewing Network. We'll be right back. Listening to the Brewcasters. Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. Since the first time the Brewing Network microphones turned on, more beer was behind it. More Beer sponsors the programming on the BN because, like you, they love brewing. And like the Brewing Network, they love sharing their knowledge. MoreBeer.com isn't just a website to place your next equipment or ingredient order. MoreBeer.com also gives you access to free beer information that will make you a better brewer. Go to MoreBeer.com and click into the Learning Center. You'll find podcasts, technical facts, video tutorials, and more, including access to The Buzz, More Beer's social network of more than 5,000 members. And some of them might even be crazier about beer than you are. Get over to MoreBeer.com today and take advantage of The Buzz, The Forum, The Learning Center, and make sure you're signed up to receive the newest More Beer catalog. More Beer, bringing you absolutely everything for beer making. Ken Grossman of Sierra Nevada Brewing Company says making great beer is hard. Making the same great beer every day is harder. Brewers Publications announces its latest release for breweries of any type and size. Quality Management, an essential guide for brewers by Mary Pelletieri. Proper quality management for small, regional, and national breweries is critical. Whether you are an established business or brand new, learn the best ways to create and manage a quality system in your brewery. 
This book will guide you in developing a comprehensive program that will grow with your brewery, help ensure quality processes in the brewery, and continue providing great beer for your fans. Quality management for breweries is critical for continued success. This guidebook teaches you to integrate quality management in every level of the operation. It will guide you in developing a comprehensive program to ensure quality processes in your brewery. Quality management, an essential guide for brewers, now available from Brewers Publications. Learn more at BrewersPublications.com. First Amendment. Watch out! Do you like beer? They make beer. Watch out! Do you like friends and fun? They make friends and fun. Watch out! Do you still like to have a good time? The 21st Amendment. Watch out! The 21st Amendment in San Francisco, located at 563 2nd Street, two blocks from the building where baseball is seen and played. Try their beers in the pub or try them in the can. Featuring... Monk's Blood. Made with real monk. Watch out! So why not have the best time of your life? Go to the 21A and Sean O'Sullivan will personally greet you with a can of... Monk's Blood. The 21st Amendment. Watch out! This advertisement is not in any way affiliated nor associated with the 21st Amendment Bar and Pub, nor its subsidiaries or affiliates. This telecast is not copywritten by the 21st Amendment for the private use of the Brewing Network. Any use of this telecast without Jamil Zanishev's consent is prohibited. Suck it, JP. Your support of the Brewing Network means everything to us. We couldn't produce shows without you. And we love giving you something extra for that support. Like Brew Your Own Magazine. You already know it's a great brewing magazine full of recipes, equipment how-tos, discussions of beer styles, and brewing techniques. Whether you're new to brewing and just starting out or you're an old pro, you'll always learn something from the articles in Brew Your Own. Plus, there are amazing special issues like plans for building a brew. 10 system, 250 classic clone recipes, and the Home Brewer's Answer Book. Brew Your Own Magazine and BYO.com are awesome resources for any brewer, whether for yourself or as a gift. When you subscribe or resubscribe from the Brewing Network homepage, you directly support programs like this. Get a great magazine and support the Brewing Network. Subscribe to Brew Your Own right from the BrewingNetwork.com. Hey, Wooly, I'm beat. Can we find a nice tree to just hang out in for a while? You're beat? I've been swinging through this forest for 50 years, ever since we... Ever since we first escaped from the circus. I know, I know, but there's got to be more to life than exploring this creek and trying to populate the valley by copulating with loose, hairy girls. Mark, we stop. Look! What is that? It looks like a man-made treehouse. With fresh food. And craft beer. Welcome to the Creek Monkey Tap House, boys. Grab a seat. Creek Monkeys drink free. Woohoo! Awesome! The Creek Monkey Tap House in Martinez, California, takes their mission of fresh food and beer seriously. They only serve locally raised beef and chicken, as well as local sustainable produce. It's better for you and the planet, and it just tastes better. The beer and wine at Creek Monkey Tap House are chosen with the same care for the highest quality and rotate frequently to make each visit an adventure. Swing on in to the Creek Monkey Tap House and enjoy a new legend of amazing food, beer, and wine. The Creek Monkey Tap House, online at creekmonkey.com. Brewcasters are back. And it ain't 401 beer. Whatever.
right, everyone. Thanks for hanging out. Before we get to Nate, I want to tell you about our friends over at Creek Monkey. You know, those guys, they're trying to put together a brewery. Actually, they have a brewery, but uh, they're, they're raising a little money on Indiegogo for their project Rocksteady Brewing. So uh, do me a favor. Head over to Indiegogo.com or go to their website, which is RocksteadyBrewing.com, and uh, check out some of the cool things they have uh, for you to be a part of uh, of their new space, man, for, uh, you know, like 100 bucks. You donate 100 bucks, you get a hat and a growler with our logo on it. Uh, 125 bucks, work shirts and beer. You get a nice, uh, one of those real nice, tight uh, Dickies, Rocksteady work shirts. A guitar pick, which is pretty cool. These guys are all about music and beer, man, and that's a, that's a pretty cool combination I think we can all get behind. Um, but the cool thing that I liked here, Nate, and I think you might dig on this, for 200 bucks, the, uh, it's called the Rancid Rocksteady Bus. So you get... Uh, Oh, what? So you're in the Founders Club. Uh, January 2nd, Rancid, I guess, is getting back together and blowing the dust off of you know their new hip or whatever. Uh, and then they're going to go on a beer bus, and they're going to take you guys to see uh, Rancid at the Warfield in San Francisco. Stop at Fieldwork Brewing and uh, Drake's Dealership, which is their new little spot. I haven't been there yet. Go. It's good. Go, yeah? Yeah, it's real good. Um, beer and food will be provided on the bus. That'd be kind of cool. That's kind of a nice day out, man. a good day. Yeah. With a, with what a was nice, that, 250? Okay. Uh, 200. 200? Oh. Yeah. No, 200. It's a deal. Deal. I think it's pretty cool, man. I feel like Rancid is not a great band name to go see when you're opening a brewery. Stop it. I turned his mic off because no one talks shit about Rancid. <laughs> Just try to be more positive. Don't even fucking do that. No, you're off, Warren. Oh, um. Spe- you can't take it literally. Of course. Uh, right. Speaking of being off, Taryn texted me, and I'm supposed to let you know that it's pronounced Dior, not not Duar. I was sitting back here like, what is he talking about? Is he talking about Dior? I said Christian Duar. Dior. How how does she know? Is she French? No, she's a girl. We know these things. Yeah, she's an English major, not a French major. Trust me, I've seen the way she writes. She's more of a minor. (laughs) Good for you. Yeah. Anyway, check them out, man. Uh, RocksteadyBrewing.com. They're good people. Matt's a good guy. Makes good beer. So, uh, you know, support the project. Thanks, Taryn. Yeah, thanks, Taryn. <laughs> yeah. We the guy's trying to do his fucking best. I mean, his yeah. best here. And, yeah. Uh, you should send apologies. You know, come in and rip him. Tell her I'm yeah. going to send some of her money to ro- the Rocksteady guys because she go. interrupted their bit. Oh, yeah. I take okay. that. Taryn. Right. Taryn. I'm yelling at you like, uh, yeah. Taryn, next, <laughs> yeah. Fine. She needs to use, uh, you know. We have feedback for that. (laughs) (laughs) Feedback goes to feedback at thebrewingnetwork.com. Anything else? Justin at thebrewingnetwork.com. Anyway. Uh, All right, Nate. What are we doing, man? The the, uh, studio smells amazing. It smells Uh, like a bunch of fresh hops. It's like we're trimming weed. It really does. Mm. I was riding Bart over here with a bunch of whole hops from a couple years ago that we can get in here a little bit later. And I think there were a couple dudes looking at me like, you got like a pound of weed you're, you're there, brother. Yeah, yeah. This, guy's, yeah. this guy's really rolled to a party, man. I was gonna I get jumped on the way out of the station for this payload of, of <laughs> whole hops. <laughs> no, but <laughs> empty your backpack out and show him exactly. Yeah, I had to show him what was up. But uh, no, hops. <laughs> what was up? What's up? This is what's up. <laughs> I think more than ever before, homebrewers are getting a, a more in-depth knowledge about what hops are. I mean, you talk to old-school guys who've been. Running homebrew shops, you've been homebrewing since the seventies or eighties, and they'll tell you old stories about hops that have been sitting on the shelf in this like brown paper, brown or pink paper yeah. that have been sitting there forever, and it's yeah. just like hops. And maybe you got alpha acid, <laughs> but it never told you what variety or what year they were. All this information that just, just throw it we're in used there. to getting now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's all the same. I, I'm not. Old. I'm not that old. 
I just turned 38. But I remember going into some homebrew shops in the late 90s, and they were brown. Mm-hmm. And well, I thought they were always brown or yellow. Yeah. yeah. Right. Not refrigerated. You're oh, no. They were just, yeah, they are in a bin there. Pellet <laughs> hops were rare if ever oh, seen yeah. at oh, all. Yeah. It was all whole hops or plugs way back then. You know, that's probably about all you got. So fast forward to today when I think the savvy homebrewer, especially those that want to make really hop forward beers, are looking for crop years or maybe even trying to figure out if the hops came from a particular farm or mm-hmm. are they really high alpha for the variety that they are? Are they really low alpha? All these things, right? People are really interested in maintaining and uh, producing the best quality homebrew they can, a big component yeah. to that. One of the best things you can do Just in adding... control the ingredients. So yeah, exactly. And hops are, by their nature, a very variable product. It's an agricultural sure. product that is not going to be the same from year to year. Right. And the, the big craft brewers even, but certainly the macro brewers, spend tons of money and time trying to figure out how they can make their beers the exact same every yeah, year. Yeah, be consistent. Yeah, yeah to be as consistent as possible. I think sure. there's growing interest in homebrewers kind of approaching it in the same way, or at least you want to get a certain type of flavor, aroma, or... Uh, you know, sensory impact from the hops. Yeah. They take a better, a bigger role in homebrewing and craft beer, I think, than ever before. Is so, that why you see uh, some recipes from, from craft breweries changing, at least hop-wise, from year to year? Because maybe a new crop isn't uh, the same or too pungent or not pungent enough, and so they kind of mess with the hops to, to kind of drive it back to a middle ground? I think that tends to be the case. So you talked to yeah, a lot of commercial yeah, breweries. Yeah, breweries uh, yeah. have a, a you know, good uh, re- uh, memory of their beers, so... As they see them shift or new hops come in and they make the first batch or they do a, a test batch or something like that, they're well aware that the hops are, you know, an agricultural product and they're going to vary. So hmm. what a lot of them are doing, I know Stone does this, they'll use like a variety of hops. They'll use like maybe four hops in a beer where normally you would typically just want to use maybe two or three. Right. So they, they got this blend, if you will. So if they can't get one or the new crop of the well, one of them is different, they can change the blend a little bit. A brewery yeah. like Stone, when they're making a beer like Stone IPA or Arrogant yeah. Bastard or yeah. even IPA is probably even the best example, they want yeah. a beer that's true to brand. They have a specific yeah. oh, thing yeah. in mind yeah. when they make a combination of hops that presents the IPA in the way that, that they want to do it, right? Reoccurring or flagship beers, you want to be able to be consistent because people do have a memory of flavor and aroma. Mm-hmm. So when you open that bottle up and it tastes different, you're kind of going like, well, they're going Please. like, what happened? We're not right? my favorite beer, even yeah. though this may be better. Do you guys do that? Like with your re- repeating recipes, do you oh. like... Uh... When you're really trying to dial something in, and yeah. I know that McDowell's done a bunch of this, and Doc has certainly done a bunch of it, and Warren as well. Like you really want to try and nail something repeatable over and over again to, to get better at your craft, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but on the other hand, homebrewers sort of being what they are, you can also... Uh, have the ability to change your beer. You don't have to worry about these true-to-brand things and a lot of things that are big considerations for craft brewers, right? So when thinking about all the hops that are available that you have, maybe when you purchase 2015 crop is just starting to arrive in the stores and a lot of people are able to get it now. Maybe you get four or five of your favorite hops um, and you find out that you know the Amarillo maybe wasn't is or isn't what it was in years past or this, the Citra or the Cascade is or isn't what it was in the past. You have more ability, I think, than people realize to swap those in or out of certain roles in your recipe, and we'll get into that in a little bit, especially on the hot side. You have a lot of leeway in terms of where the hops can fit into a flavor profile, and don't be forced to use a hop that doesn't seem like it's going to show really well. Like, for example, when Derek was here a couple of weeks ago, we talked about making more cowbell. We used the Southern Hemisphere hop, Rakao, in the hot side. But mm-hmm. we were both sort of evaluating it on the spot and said, okay, maybe this wouldn't necessarily work as well in the dry hop. But 
it is going to work well on the hot side. That's an, an adjustment you can make on the fly sure. as a home brewer. Okay. That's a little bit harder for commercial brewers. And I think that um, it's easy for us to stick to a recipe just because that's what's written, but that doesn't always play into the best flavor and aroma for your beer. And that's what we're going to learn today is, is how to do that evaluating before you start brewing, because that is really the only way. Yeah, you know, you, you can't just brew. Well, you can brew with it a bunch of times with that same, you know, lot, I guess, or whatever. But you come back from the the homebrew shop, or you get your hops in the mail, or wherever you get them from, cut them open, and you, you know, hopefully apply some of the stuff that you're going to talk to us about yeah. um, to determine where to, you know, where to put these hops. Do they match with where with what my recipe says? Yeah, there's a there's a lot of variables. I mean, in hops, you have you know simple variety confusion. For example, you can buy. Hallertau off the shelf, and sometimes if it's not very well labeled, you don't know if it's Hallertau Mittelfruh from Germany. You don't know if it's Hallertau Blanc or Hallertau Taurus. Those sure. can all be sort of mixed and matched sometimes. There can be U.S. grown Hallertau. It's not exactly clear to us. So getting that straight <clears> or trying to establish that can be a source of confusion or a variable. Or crop year, when was the crop picked and killed and, and prepared for use? Uh, format, whether it's whole or pellet hop. Um, Packaging or repackaging, a lot of times when you get hops from your local homebrew supply shop or even through the mail, you know, was that supplied from the distributor in a prepackaged two ounce, four ounce, mm-hmm. eight ounce package? Or did they get a giant 44 pound box and, and segment it up? Um, storage conditions, was it stored cold or was it stored frozen before you got it? Um, alpha acid percentage, that's one of the main statistics, of course, that's always provided in your hops. But one thing that you can look at there, which will give you an indication of perhaps the quality of the hop, is that hop on the low alpha or the high alpha for the range of that hop? For example, if you have Cascade that's, you know, 2 or 3% alpha or lower, or if it's almost up near double digits, that can tell you a lot about was that hop harvested sooner or later or what were the crop conditions that were uh, present when the when the hop was picked. Um, and also with the, even if you know the alpha percentage rating that's what it was when it was fresh exactly and if you're dealing with even hops six months old you're going to get a drop off in that percentage and it's going to be less and so when you're factoring in your recipe for calculating your bittering addition you have to take into account the age of the hops because it can be it's it's very varietal dependent some hops drop off very quickly others can store pretty well but it can easily be a 25% loss in six months of what they have marked on the, the bag. That's a function of temperature yeah, de- as well, right? Oxidation and just for storage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. They and, and keep them colder. The stuff that's more delicate will retain some of that alpha, but um, the stuff that's more resilient, um, you know, keeping them cold is always going to retain a little bit of a little bit better alpha than if they're stored at like 60, 70 right. degrees Fahrenheit. Right? But, but even stored perfectly, you're not going to prevent that degradation of those alpha acids right exactly exactly so even frozen though there'll be a degradation in six months huh? yeah i mean it might not necessarily be worst case scenario where you're going to lose 25 percent if that's what's typical for that variety but that's just it, it's some, a possibility well they, they some loss is is inevitable some loss will happen sure yeah. but uh, up to 25 percent that's pretty drastic and i don't oh, want to yeah. like panic anybody um you know and start pushing for home you know alpha acid testing kits or whatever but. <laughs> Well, I mean, but there are some estimates, right, Nate? Aren't there some like uh, absolutely rule yeah. of thumb in terms of like yeah, cascade at this temperature example. over this oh, yeah. time you're going to lose this much, right? Cascade, for example, uh-huh. and that's this is storage stability at basically at room temperature is okay. what the stats that right. they give you. That <laughs> one's only going to retain about forty eight to fifty two percent of its alpha acid at after room six, temp. At room temp, after okay. six, for six at months. Six months. I see. 
I just yeah, want to stress that that's that's what we're talking about. You know, uh, most people nowadays are, are, are buying their hops, uh, you know, from a supplier and taking care of them and storing them properly, and, and you should be doing that too. But, uh, you know, this is just in laboratory settings, so don't – nobody panic. And great brewing software, all of it, but Beersmith in particular is a really good way to look at that number and put an exact alpha on what you have today versus hmm. when you got it or what the crop year was. The, you can plug in the exact the – exact, uh, temperature you stored it at oh and, and they it, have a little, little yeah and it knows naff. right exactly and it knows based on the storage ability of certain hops like i was just talking about cascade losing up to 50 percent of its alpha after six months yeah. at at uh, room temperature um by contrast you take a hop like centennial and that jumps up to about 60 to 75 right percent and some of them even higher like citra for example will store up to 75 or more percent and same thing with mosaic, so it's very variety dependent, but well, good brewing yeah. software can help you dial. Yeah, yeah it's dial good, good to know, in. even without yeah. software, to get yeah. an idea of what's what. Yeah, and, exactly. And now, when you say is the alpha drop off, or is that oil as well? I mean, is it does it affect flavor as much as it does the uh, the bitterness? That's harder to say. I think that it's not a lot of less commonly known info about it, but you got to figure that oil is going to drop. I mean, the oil is going to oxidize. Alpha. Maybe yeah. the oils are more stable and, and, than the acids, or something. And That's they'll change. I mean, you might not lose oil, but there'll be different flavor con- contributions. And probably changing the compounds that aren't necessarily as... They might not be... <laughs> depending right, yeah. on your role exactly. in using them in the beer, right? Yeah. If, um, and that's, you know, once we've established kind of these main variables, like, okay, what are the considerations and how those variables are used in the brewing process? And alpha, how much alpha you have now versus when the crop hop was picked. And using that hop in the bittering role is a really important way to think about the um, bittering potential of your hop and how um, I think if you take a metric like total oil content that's in the hop, it's probably less important for a hop that that you're going to use mainly in the bittering slot Mm -hmm. for a beer. Um, Like we have this sample and we can send that one. Yeah, let's start smelling some of these because uh, that one around. Smell, it's right. smelling too good right yeah, now. Yeah, they're sending hops all over the place in here. So Hollertau is kind of one of the ones that we can think about first. We got all these samples from Nico. It's very kind of him yeah. to provide these. Hey, for yeah, us. thanks, Nico. Yeah. So take a couple of pellets. Let's hand these around. You guys can. Um, what are we doing with them? You can break it apart and okay. kind of volatize some of the alpha and oil that's in there and get a. What get does a volatize mean? Volatize is sort of um, heat it up. Heat it up. Release. Yeah, heat okay. it up with the. Turn uh, motion it, friction from your fingers. Turn it into something. You know, rub one out. Air, yeah, rub one out and stop. <laughs> rub one out for the pellet's sake. Oh, I can do that. See, yeah. Tasty knows my language. Rub one out. Okay, so like taking a little bit. And this is um, all stuff we, we we should be doing at home with our hops, right? Everything you put yeah. in your beer, you should smell and taste. Okay. Anything that you, exactly, McDowell's got it spot on. Anything that you're putting in your beer, you should smell and taste. And the hops are one that's going to vary so much that... Because when you get fresh and the beer turns out stellar... Yep. You go like, oh, I'll, let me smell those hops again so I'll know fresh. Exactly. When I, I mean, it's up to your memory, right? Because you know, there's no way you can capture that. Yeah. But the more you, you know, the more you do it, the more you're going to remember it. The so I'm, you, I'm heating it in my hand, like with between my fingers, like taking them and just rubbing them around? Yeah, yeah. just rub it Friction. together until it's more than smashed. It's just, it's, okay. And that heat will release some of these oils, and that's yeah, what kind of... Melt yep. Okay. Yeah. You release some of the oils, and you'll get oh. a sense of... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just a no, no, we're not doing a line. He, did, he doesn't like IPAs. You didn't need so to roll up a dollar bill for this. It's like yeah. snuff. It's been yeah. a long time since I've had particles going. In. That's why we're starting with holler towel. You know? <laughs> I figure JP might be able to take this one. But, um, <laughs> My sinuses right. aren't used to powder. <laughs> yeah, so this one being really mellow in terms of the sensory aromas versus some of the ones that we're going to try later. Of course, a lot of but, uh, okay. Yeah, herbal, pleasant, mild. It should be 
a so, little bit along those lines. And as it's as it's mint. aged, and this one's been around little for mint, a couple of years, it's, it's 2014. Yeah, yeah, 2014. Mm-hmm. You get a little bit of a cedar or a leather or a tobacco-y note to it oh. as well. Mm-hmm. Which is so I don't want to be you know too much of an idiot, but what, no. am I supposed to smell my fingers? Do I rub it in my hands and kind of get it all over and just cup my hands like I see you doing? Or? Yeah, you can rub it rub it between your fingers and, okay. and just smell your fingers or rub it in the palm of your hand. Smell and then your smell, fingers. Then smell the palm of your hand. <laughs> and then you'll get a sense of ah. the aromatics. It's sort of okay. mimic, mimicking what the hot side action would do when people go up to select for hops is one of the ways in which... They'll select for hops at the at the table at a place like Hop Union or something. They'll take a handful of whole hops and really rub them between their their hands and volatilize some of that aroma, or basically release some of that aroma. So, so it's not just them. to rub. It's not just to break it up and smell what's in between the things, but it's you're kind of replicating. You're you're you're, you're warming up the oils and you're, exactly. and you're releasing the things. Glands over right. 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 The glands. Break the yeah. lupulin glands open and release whatever's yeah. in there. Um, so cedar? Yeah, I, can, I, I give you that. Maybe tobacco. even a little sandalwood. So cedar. Be a cedar tobacco? Yeah. A little dwar? I see people with these... Uh, <laughs> door. <laughs> door? I see people with these cuts hmm. of hops and they're rubbing them together. I mean, after a couple uh, two different uh, trials, you got the, you got a yeah. you got three or four different on ones on your hands, right? Like, right. I think the fatigue factor is pretty quick if you're going to do this for real. <laughs> right. And think about it though; some of these guys have you know tens of thousands of or hundreds of thousands of dollars online when they're buying these hops. You know, it's it's tough to do that in the moment. I think it takes yeah. You wash your hands in between. Like, how do you how do you do that? Does it go away eventually? I mean, if you're, yeah, if you're yeah, selecting for the yeah. shoots or something, and they're yeah. buying a ton of them, I, maybe you Matt Brendelton <laughs> has a line of people that just comes crush the hops, and then he just smells all their hands. Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty good. Yeah, I like the minions. It's, it's like his palm cruise. Yeah, right? yeah he drives by him. on his yeah. Segway, just kind of <laughs> no, yeah, no. What yes. about, yeah. So this, what, this, I've always thought about making uh, a thermos of um, of uh, of malt, a boiled malt, right? A thermos of boiled malt. Okay, oh, just, this is a cool idea. Like, like straight uh, two row. Keep, yeah, and uh, you know, get a, basically make a tea bag, if you will, a tea ball. Mm-hmm. Put some of the hops in there. Put you know, pour yourself a cup of uh, put it in there. As you're doing a selection, Duncan, yeah, it's, okay, you know, maybe do four of them. Sit there like a while. There's four different lots of cascade. Yeah, yeah. You go over there and you smell. Because most people have tried to do this with water, mm. and it doesn't work out. Water, too well. so, no, water's too. Water alone, yeah, it does not it work does not. very well. I mean, right. some people report some decent success with it. I've always found it to be terrible. And well, I but I like Tasty's idea. Better because, way to do it. Yeah, I mean, you can just get extract. You don't need need to oh, do no, it all yeah. drain. No, no, right. be like because use. you want to replicate exactly what. Uh, yeah, I could use, you're uh, actually getting right. Yeah, it could be just LME because you need, be you need the presence of that malt flavor. You need some of the sugars around. You need some of those oh, things yeah, to, yeah. to yeah. give you the right context. It's how they marry together? The, yeah. like, right? the pH is a huge factor in what yeah. gets isomerized there and absorbed go. into the water too. And so if you just even I, I know because I experimented one time doing a partial boil mm-hmm. uh, kit, and I was like. Why even add the malt extract and darken it up in the beginning? I'll start right. my 60-minute boil by just putting the hops in there. Yep. Don't do that. It, it didn't it work out, huh? It is the worst bitterness you will yeah. you can it's too imagine. Harsh, you oh, need, so yeah. harsh. You need about half the, half right. the malt in there. Like Afterwards, I read that, yeah, just put in a little bit. you're at a pH of about 7 or 8 or more, probably, as right. the wart pH would be like sit 5, 6. Right, the high pH, <laughs> it, it leaches out a bunch of nasty things. It's got a bunch of tannins huh. yeah. from it. Oh, yeah. that's fascinating. That's nasty. So, okay, so... So, so Holler Tough. Yes. So that one, um, you what can tell for? right away that, you know, it, do it, again. it has a nice, spicy, neutral, pleasant mm-hmm. aroma to it. And that's yeah. what, one thing we'd expect from Holler Tough. And this, this is Holler Tough that's in good shape. Wouldn't have any reservations about... Using that in your beer, not detecting yeah. any cheesiness, nastiness, yeah. kind of rancid oils. What would we be like looking that? for 
What does a rancid oil smell like? Like, let's pretend that these were terrible and the worst. They're Nico. They're not. Don't don't panic. Yeah, this is the don't panic show. But uh, just in case, <laughs> what would what would we be looking for? I think just cheesy vegetal in a not pleasant way. Generally, okay. sort of old smelling hops, like old smelling yeah. beer. It's yeah. pretty obvious. Like old beer, like when something it? takes its place, you can you can tell what's not there. Too. Like grandma's like house. It doesn't have any good, a good aroma. Or- <laughs> Absence of a Roman flavor, right. like absence of that bright that brightness yeah. that kind yeah, of a, yeah. a that, good pellet will have. And the greenery may be part of it too. Okay, like but at the but same it, time, you take a hop like Hollertau, which is a fantastic hop. I mean, you could buy a pound of that if you're doing enough home brewing regularly and brew almost any Belgian style, almost any German yeah. style, yeah. Mm-hmm. bitter, almost any American style or any English style for that matter with Hollertau, and you're not going to go wrong. Um, but when These you do are, this type of evaluation, that'd be a lot of hops to bitter a beer, like yeah, American style beer. It would. Right? It and I've been in too. Yeah. It can if you use too much of it. But, right, well, the, to get the then again, there. a lot of people these days are making IPAs with a mellow bitterness. If you that's take true. a hop yeah, like Holler Chow, that's very low cohumulone, cohumulone, cohumulone being a, a compound that can lend to a harsher, nastier bitterness. There's sort of some debate about that, but in general, it is one metric you can look for. Mm-hmm. Holler Chow is very alpha, beta, equal, mm-hmm. and is one another metric of a hop that has a lot of very gentle, nice bitterness to it. If you're doing some of these new school, low hopped, in the bittering side, IPAs having some holler towel around as a hop that could easily fit that bill is not a not a bad one. Yeah. You get decent quality holler towel, you can plug it in almost anywhere. But one thing that is kind of apparent from uh, you when you volatize and smell this hop like we are today, it never had much success using this hop as a dry hop type hop. It doesn't really mm. perform mm. that well in that context. That's probably one place. Even if you have stellar holler towel, the, the results there are a bit more mixed. I think, especially for um, what do you get out of that? When you dry hop it, I always get it sort of a vegetal, not very bright, pleasant um, yeah. it's more flavor. Like a, w- a woody, earthy ca- yeah. character. Mm-hmm. Just get the Boston lager. <laughs> <laughs> no, maybe for some so, dark reasons. There are some roles yeah. where it could work well, but that's another thing to not forget when you're evaluating hops. Like, we're evaluating this mainly for its bitterness potential, mm-hmm. but don't forget how that might translate that experience of. Your sensory impression, how would that would translate to other places in the yeah, so, in the process? So when we're yeah. doing this, when we're, we're rubbing them and we're breaking all these oil glands and we're doing all this kind of stuff, uh, getting dirty, smelling like pot, uh, how much of this can we translate? Some of these aromas that we're getting, do they translate in certain parts of the brewing process? Like, oh, this kind of cedar sandalwood will be more in the aroma versus the flavor in, 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 a, in a beer. Do you see where I'm going with that? I do, especially uh, the late and dry, like whirlpool dry yeah. hop is sort of how I uh, would experience, would compare what you're getting through doing that that rub test. Um, okay. You know, less so like a flavor addition, like mid kettle, like 30, 45 minutes, not as much, but a little bit. And then bittering addition is it's different. That's mainly just for clean alphas, or you're looking yeah. for different different kind of components there. Okay. Um, okay. All right. I just want to make sure that uh, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm awake. Uh, let's move on. We have Goldings as well. Let's move on to those. Let's move on. So we I can't. Think, oh, EKG. We, if you have very strong aromas coming from a hop that you're considering using as a bittering hop, depending on the the strength of your boil you still will get some of those compounds carrying through it's i i, I really hear a lot of people yeah. be like oh your boil, your bittering hops don't matter none of the aromas carry through it's like most of the times i hear people say that i can guess what bittering hop they used was it and Ma- it's magnum well it varies depending on what bittering hop they used yeah, okay this but, is one thing that jameel talked about years ago with the really super assertive hops like ctz and all the things kind of from the ctz type 
family where it's a bit more aggressive and dank and pungent. Chinook, Chinook's a little bit more. Chinook, another one, too. It's a grain-based bittering hop, but it does carry through. Mm-hmm. Right, and that might be what but, you want, depending on the style. Yeah, if you want right? that, sure. Mm-hmm. It's a great single hop. Apollo. <laughs> right, Apollo. Apollo. Apollo comes through in yeah, bittering. Apollo. A lot of the stuff well, from the Warrior program. Program. Yeah. They're pretty neutral. So that's, and this hard tower, of course. Exactly, yeah. And mm-hmm. That's another really good one to bring up as well, Tasty yeah. Hop, like Magnum or Warrior, even though it is much higher alpha than... Yeah. A hop like Hollertau basically has a similar type of characteristic. And the main purpose of having a neutral bittering is so that your late hops can carry the, carry the load, that you get what you put in. You don't have to, any carryover from that other, other hop. Right, mm-hmm. exactly. Oh, wow, that smells good. What, uh, uh, EKG? So yeah. EKG, this should be, this is like one of the classic English. My favorite English hop. Very, very so mild, good. mild, delicate, interesting. You should have a bit of a floral spice. Earthy, yeah. a little bit of lemon, mm-hmm. a little bit of uh, cooking spice, or maybe even lavender, uh, a little bit flowery. It has elevated levels of um, geraniol, one very unique oil compound that you find in this type of hops. It has a bit of that, and as you might suggest, uh, expect by the name, a little bit of that um, gera- geranium type earthy mm-hmm. flavor. Floral. Yeah. Floral. Yeah. It's a really nice, pleasant English hop. Um, this is one, unlike Hollertau, you might find plugged into a lot of different places in the brewing process, including even... A little bit of dry hopping. I think that's one that, um, you know, because it has those really unique oils, hmm. that will lend itself. This is what I used in my flavor edition in my uh, aroma edition for my oatmeal stout I brewed on the weekend. I think it just I plug, love it. plugs into roastiness, chocolate-type flavors, yeah. and any crystal malt flavors extremely well. Um, mm-hmm. You know, this one I wanted to talk about just because it is so versatile and so interesting for those types of beers in particular. Any type of English beer, you can't really go wrong if you buy a... Nice one-pound bag of, of Goldings. You can oh, use yeah. that and only that. And if the quality is good and you like the quality of it, you know, just just stick with that. Um, you'll find too that you know, EKG or that phrase East Kent Goldings is is there for a reason. Those hops are a bit different based on the area uh, UK that they were grown. Or if you buy US Goldings, you'll find they're nothing like the the stuff in many ways that you can get uh, from the UK. And um, if you do like brewing English beers and beers that have EKG type flavor. You'll get maybe a few different samples of EKG and a compare contrast. Mm-hmm. And the stuff that seems to have the most amount of that floral and has the, seems to have the brightest, freshest hop character, maybe consider using those in the Whirlpool late or dry hop slot and then save the other stuff. By no means is that stuff bad or inferior, but it may not present as well. So you save that for the bittering side. There mm-hmm. is advantage in buying um, hops that have a unique signature like EKG, Buy a few different samples of it, and if you know you're going to be brewing enough, then you can kind of pick on the fly on brew day which one you think would work in in different slots, or you can design the recipe, you know, based on what you're doing. Yeah, a few yeah. days beforehand, and you can only really learn that by evaluating what you have, you know, or maybe you have a few different crop years. Maybe you have EKG left over half pound from last year, and then you bought a new eight ounce bag this year. You can still use both of them interchangeably. Um, and don't think that the stuff that you had laying around is by all means bad or that you have to toss See, it. In, and that's, right? that's my problem. And, and, and I've never really focused on, on how this batch of hops I get this year varies from last year. I, I've never, I mean, I've done this a little bit at, when I worked at Morby years and years ago, but uh, not for any sort of, you know, reason. I think because I was bored one day. Uh, sorry, Olin. Um, <clears throat> but uh, like I found, I found some hops, uh, you know, in my fridge and I threw them away because I'm going, well, I would rather just go back to more beer or go back to Nico and buy more and buy more hops 
you know, because I because I <laughs> yeah. don't trust how I'm gonna, you know, close them up. Like I was I was brewing. I bought two ounces of hops uh, at More Beer, uh, brewing with my uh, my friend, and uh, you know, we used half an ounce because we brewed in the Pico. And he goes, "Well, there's an ounce and a half left. What are you gonna do?" I'm like, "Throw them out." Because yeah. when I could roll them up I and tape have. them up and then throw them uh, in the fridge and maybe they're good. I understand and, what you're doing. I do the same. I you know, roll them up and all yeah. this. And so, how, I mean, how do we how do we take care of these? Because then you go to use them, you go like, man, I, re- I think I'd really just go get some fresh ones. Right. Yeah. Because I'm mean, putting all my time and effort into this beer. Yeah. Yep. yeah. And I, you know, see, it's a compass, but not well, a can, competition. If you, but, I mean, and not everyone has the time. There's certainly nothing wrong with going but, and buying a new a new batch. But um, definitely get your thing about. Oh yeah, just throw them away. For sure. But, I mean, because like the the even before you do. If you yeah. if you're just gonna toss them just for the hell of it, open up that bag and and do what we're doing right now. Just yeah. evaluate uh, them for just a second and see like yeah. were they total junk? Maybe you've decided you're gonna throw them anyway for a lot, for whatever <laughs> right. reason. Like you're brewing already. Yeah, and you then maybe stop. you'll maybe you'll find out that oh yeah, those were terrible. They need to be tossed, or maybe they're all not right, as bad right. as you would have thought. Even if you're not gonna use because I right. mean like Nico, you know for sure Nico Brew does this. Uh, I know Morbury does this. Um, they nitrogen flush their bags. They're light barrier bags. Right. They're moisture barrier bags. They're well taken care of. They're not open, rolled up, and thrown in a freezer. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the source matters for sure. The yeah. source definitely matters. And the crop year for a one that you did really like. For example, uh, one brewer that I'm a big fan of, he's got a funny voice, a little bit like this. He had a whole bunch of hops from uh, Summit from 2008 or 2009, I think it was. <laughs> I, was think, I was like, dude, yeah. what are you doing with these? There was just the right summit for him. Yeah. It was just the right summit. And I was amazed at how good that bag. Wow. Still smelled, and it was the summit from before it got all our onion, garlicky, all right. dank. It was still had this nice kind of tangerine. I was like, "Oh yeah, that's what this hop is supposed to be like." Was that the yeah. year that he had that event where uh, I think all it summit? Is. Uh, that, was, that was a great event. Yeah, this they was used a, to have those showcase kind of events for new hop varieties. He, uh, showed his ass, I think, for the last. Yeah. Time. <laughs> Go ahead and warn. Yeah. A couple of years ago, there was a. a a brewery that did an all summit IPA, and I was like, "Oh no!" Like, did you know what summit tasted like before you brewed this beer? But they had the aged summit that was three or four years old at the time, yeah. and there's no way I would have guessed that that was summit. It, it tasted great, and I was like, "Wow, you guys are brave!" But is that is that? And I know maybe we're getting too far afield. <laughs> Hot pun. Let's um, get back into the field. Well, but uh, you know, when when the when the producers are releasing this, yeah. is that a function? Like you say, it gets oniony, garlicky, kind of weird. Where it used to be really, really. Good, different flavors, tangerine, like you said. Is that just because of the growth year? Is that how they're they're harvested? Is it how they're produced? Or you know some, what I mean? If, if they're not what they're looking for, some varietals just when they're harvested. Yeah, some is okay. genetic. Some, some is definitely right. dependent on some is genetic. Yeah. Some of it's the year and it was grown. Some of it is when mm. it was harvested. Some brewers have sworn by. Well, if I could find that early summit harvest, yeah. still it still has that quality that I want. But because that hop is almost a twenty percent alpha hop, most of the growers growing it know that it's going to be bought on the market purely for its alpha value or a large part of it. So they right. tend to probably harvest it a little bit later to get as much alpha as they can. And a lot oh, of the brewers right. are getting, you know, contracting with farmers now. Right. So they're able to control like when they're, they're this their is, hops are harvested. This is something definitely is the home brewers who get a little bit further on the geekier side. I kind of enjoy this stuff when you can catch, catch a brewer's ear and bug them about it, about, you know, when they select versus hops in the harvest, when they don't, if they have that kind of control, what the considerations are. We have almost no visibility into that on the homebrewing level right. about whether this is early or late harvest or whether this was Peralt Farm, Simcoe, or this is somebody else. Right. And all, they all, all the growers kind of have their own approach in which they would want to harvest certain hops later or sooner. I don't see any homebrew supply stores up there uh, doing hops. No, I don't think homebrew supply stores do <laughs> that. I don't either. think yeah. they're yeah. getting like, what's left yeah. over of the leftovers. Yeah. Right. They don't have right, enough Nico? weight. Right. <laughs> 
Nico might. So he might be up there. That's be true. He's already there. Maybe, he might maybe, be down for that. Maybe he can tell you. But um, I think hey, most... we'll go together. I'll make my. I'll bring my uh, tea with me, and you can. We'll, uh, yeah. Some, uh, I want to try this. This McDonald's. Yeah, I'm thinking thing a guy will pull up there with like a food truck, right? Yeah. And the guy Bruce can come out, run out with these these uh, these lots, and we'll just make them like teas. You come back, and here you go, side by side, they can taste these. Teas. That's a cool idea. This could be a side business for you, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or we could do the three-day fast ferment, and we can come back and actually taste fermented. Uh, exactly. While you're still in Yakima. While you're still, while you're still there. there. Yeah. Um, well, let's move on to some more assertive yeah, let's hot do varieties. Let's go to Cascade. Okay. Cascade being kind of one of the classic American uh, citrus varieties. Uh, you know, Anchor Liberty, Sierra Nevada Pale Ale. Many growers, high variability in this hop. This hop has grown everywhere from... Uh, Idaho to Washington to um, Oregon. Yeah. Um, Don't need one, to strike water without it. Right, exactly. <laughs> it's, see, I mean, it's one of these mm-hmm. classic American hops, but because there are so many different growers and because I think it's treated differently farm to farm, uh, you'll find a ton of variability in what's out there. That's one if you love yeah. to brew Cascade and everyone brewing American ales has encountered it and probably likes it to one degree or another. Evaluate what you have and sort of decide where you might want to use Cascade. This is a real nice one. That is... Uh... It's so got that cl- clean grapefruit, yeah. And classic mm-hmm. kind of lime. Yeah, we switched over from the we switched over from the English. It's very European. That we've gone, we've yeah. gone European. We've gone German. We've gone English. Now we're American. It's very, uh, very clean. Not earthy, really. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's funny. Even still with the EKG and I guess a little bit of the Holotow on my hand, just you know, smelling them cold. I guess they smell one way, and then you you do the Mister Miyagi thing, right, <laughs> for Danielson. Paint the fence. And you can smell, you can still smell it. The, the, the flavors come out more. It's, I don't know, interesting. Yeah, yeah you start getting even a bigger depth of character yeah. from this hop. This is so much, there's a bigger range of complexity you can get from this hop compared to the, the two that we just yeah. had. There's so much. There's so Harvested much in on. like 14 yeah. before the big rains. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> before the big rains, we're going to get this Before year. the big yeah. rains. Uh, Cascade being one of those ones, I think that uh, it's worth spending a little bit extra time if you want to use it, especially in the dry hop or late hopping stage to see what you would want to what you would want to do with it. Especially if you have a few different bags of it around, you know, spend that yeah. extra minute and decide if you want to put it in mid or early stage if your recipe calls for it, or later dry hop if it seems really bright, really fresh, and, and really good. Yeah, with the. I would recommend with the sea hops like this, it's wow. good to do it. Uh, Nate said, and in, in better to buy multiple bags from different places in order to kind of source the best one. Even and that'll vary even because the homebrew shop doesn't necessarily get a contract for Cascade to cover them the whole year. So it, their kind of variety or their sourcing can change the, between absolutely. the time you order it and then the next time also. And that so absolutely happens. I was doing. Uh, when I was doing some single hop beers, one time I was on my Centennial experiment, I brewed the Centennial the first time, and it was totally different than any Centennial oh, yeah, uh, yeah. beer I ever did, but I've ever tasted from a, another brewery. And I was just like, what did I do wrong? And like, all the other ones were... <laughs> different in a bad going way. It, just the hop character, it was just not Centennial. Like, Centennial's I one, and we're going to do that one next. This is yeah. really timely. I'll send that one around right now. That really one is varied. really, really highly variable. And Highly, right. highly variable. Why so I, I did it again, and it tasted a lot closer. And I had mm-hmm. bought hops from a different homebrew shop just to figure, well, see what these guys do instead. Yeah. And it was a lot closer. So that's when I learned that... Hop sourcing can be a definitely can, art. That one for Centennial in particular, that's a really, really good one to highlight. But before we move on to Centennial, one final note about Cascade. I think as the Citras and the Amarillos and the Simcoes become center stage in a lot of American beers, like don't forget that 
Cascade is still out there, and there's so much really good quality Cascade oh, yeah. to be found. If if I would rather pick and use Cascade in a beer than a mediocre, maybe I'm not too sure about Amarillo, just because the recipe said Amarillo. Like those are two that aren't completely equal, but there's enough crossover. I think you can get away with stuff like that. So use that to your advantage on brew day. Maybe you've decided that, um, you know, maybe that Amarillo or that Centennial you have isn't quite where you want it. Plug in some Cascade if you've got it. It might be in decent shape, better than you'd expect. Mm -hmm. Um, So Centennial, sending that one around now. Straight on to your point uh, with this (laughs) one, Warren, I think I've found Centennial to vary so highly over the years that what you get kind of on the homebrew supply side it can be really unpredictable and certainly evaluate the centennial that you've got. If you want to make one of these uh, all centennial type IPAs in particular, really be careful about the centennial that, that you have. There's certainly plenty of great centennial out there, but it can vary a ton. What do you think, um, McDowell? You've been a big fan of centennial over the years. I know JBA uses it, right? It's in the dry hop. It's in the dry hop, yeah, right? On the, on the kettle, but it's in the dry hop. Yeah, it's a great, great hop. Uh, I always use it in conjunction with centennial. Hmm. You see, they really go well together. Uh, when I brew Janus, when we brew the Janus Brown at Russian River, we use these uh, Loftus Ranch, I guess Centennial or something. They're yeah. like special, really super special, special premiere right? Centennial. Yeah, that's they, make, kinda, they really totally make that beer. Yeah, underscores the. This is a dry hop. They they just changed the whole beer. Right. What do you like about this hop? What what qualities in this Centennial like, are you like, looking for? It's like Cascade, but it's a little just a little <laughs> bit more citrusy, not so much not mm-hmm. so earthy. Okay. It's great. I mean, that's kind of what you're looking for. It's like a, like a uh, some sort of winter green or something yeah, like yeah, that. That's not really... Kind of a minty character. Yeah. yeah. Slight mint, slight pine maybe, but a little bit yeah. more citrus, like citrus zest, like lime mm-hmm. zest. Is yeah. That always makes And the Janus Brown yeah. appears as well with the Northern Brewer, which the good ones can be uh, minty or, mm-hmm. or piney. And because that okay. is a contrasting hop in one way, yeah, that's yeah, kind of the way they, it works, right? Yeah, they, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, there's so much interest in doing hops that feature a lot of Centennial. I think that's one that... I've had I've had many experiences similar to what you were talking about, Warren, where I was just kind of sticking to a beer by the numbers, mm-hmm. and then realizing that the Centennial that I had when I went back to check it, it wasn't wasn't quite what I expected. So that's yeah. one if you like making Centennial beers or Centennial focused beers, you're brewing a JBA and you want to put Centennial in that dry hop. Maybe source a couple different bags and decide which one you like better. Mm-hmm. Well, that, you know, frankly, I'm from uh, sitting here and uh, breaking these up and smelling them and paying attention, I'm thinking like, well, instead of throwing the hops away from when I make a batch. I'll save them. I'll do anal. I'll yeah. store them. I'll do you say you'll do anal? I'll do anal. I'll, do anal. I'll be anal. I see. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Wow. Yeah. I know I had your hopes. It's up. all a part of the brewing process. Yeah. I'm a screamer, though. It is. Uh, <laughs> so, it, so, <laughs> so you'll be you'll be nice and save all this stuff and be good about <laughs> yeah. it. I'm trying to blow right by it for me. Anyway, yeah. save the we can edit that out. Save the hops. Don't save him. <laughs> And then try the fresh and try the the old ones and see if you can tell yeah, the difference. Right. Or well, like Nate said. You may you go know, like, hey, yeah. these old ones are better than these new ones. Right. Well, yeah. and they, they might work for go, different uh, recipes. Yeah. Bad brew store. Yeah, so, if yeah. you're feeling bold, like maybe you made 10 Keep gallons them. and there are two different carboys. And you're going for that dry hop. And you have one that you're like, okay, oh. this one I didn't think it was going to be as awesome. This one I thought it was going to be amazing. Maybe split it up. Yeah. And then compare later. Compare later you challenge like, your assumptions yeah, about exactly. it. Exactly. Right? I was right. I was wrong. Yeah. Or yeah. When I was living in the middle of nowhere, Minnesota, I would buy half did, did pound. Did you do anal when you were there? I love that um, tone. Yeah, me and the <laughs> cow. I had my favorite required. cow out in the field. It gets um, real lonely out yeah. there in the field, you know. You can um, do anything. <laughs> Break it up a little. Uh, I would actually buy half pound or pound bags of hops, and then after I would use them the first time, I would use the vacuum seal bags, and I would actually purge CO2 through the bag before I would run it 
on the vacuum sealer okay. to kind of minimize the oxygen. It wasn't totally 100% effective, it? but reducing it as much as possible and mm-hmm. then vacuum sealing it and then just wrapping it in foil for the light protection uh-huh. and then freezing them. And I had pretty good luck keeping them for months without any real noticeable hmm, okay. effect. Um, so there are ways you can kind of do this at home, at, at least minimizing the effects of aging. You were your, your own freezer. mini Nico brew. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes when you're, when you know you're out in the middle of nowhere and you want right. to do a whole bunch of brewing, you may as well get a whole bunch of bulk hops and treat them. Yeah. <laughs> In, instead of doing anal, that's what I did. I just was anal about well, my hops. That's why Tasty is much more fun than you are. I guess. You went anal. I get it. Yeah. Uh, we got time check? Yeah, doing no, good? no. Let's cool. go. Let's yeah, keep man. going. Uh, yeah. We got CTZ. CTZ is a really high alpha versatile hop for American brewing. I think it's one that... Over the last 10 years, I've been opening my eyes into the way you could use it in a dry hopping capacity to sort of reinforce all the other uh, big oil alpha stuff you might have going on with an IPA, double IPA. So one that you might want to give extra consideration for when uh, using it in your home brewing process in the late whirlpool and dry hop kind of context. Uh, similar to Cascade, it's a hop that's grown on many, many, many different farms, and you'll find it has a wide variability in the way that uh, it presents itself. Uh, some of it, you know, anywhere from 14 to 16 or more percent alpha acid and up to about 2% oil content. It's kind of on the <laughs> upper end of, uh, <laughs> of the oil content of a common, commonly grown hops that you can find. But once again, kind of like Cascade, I think you can buy a three or four different two, three, four-ounce bags of this and then kind of compare, contrast, and decide where you'd want to use this in your brewing process. A little bit like we were talking about earlier, this is a really assertive character for in a bittering hop. You get a little bit of carry-through in the final beer if you use this hop in a bittering contest, context. Wow. Yeah, onion and garlic <laughs> and really dank and pungent. I think this is... I get, I get uh, like, fresh buds, like, fresh pot. Yep. And um, yeah, grapefruit good. skin, mm-hmm. yeah, great. Um, yeah. Maybe even some lemon, like just oh, just awesome even smelling it in the man. little ramekin here, yeah, like yeah. not even crushing it up. Yeah. I think Nate, this might be a question for you. Is there any? Can you use any uh, judgment when you're reading the hop list at a homebrew shop if they refer to this as Columbus or CTZ? Because yeah. CTZ is short for Columbus, Tomahawk, or Zeus, and so. Right. Yeah. What um, yeah, yeah. Really, yeah. really, really good point. Can you more reliably be like, oh, okay, I'm getting Columbus when they call it Columbus at the homebrew shop, or if it's CTZ, then I don't really know. Yeah, they might just say CTZ, but a lot of them will say either Tumbus, Columbus, Tomahawk, or Zeus. Columbus right. is, you know, means one thing. Zeus or Tomahawk mean another. They kind of right. come from different growers and different processors in different ways. I don't want to simplify because it it's kind of complicated, but okay. that's the easiest way to simplify it. I think that's a really effective way to think about it. Um, why aren't they? Why aren't they just called Columbus, Tomahawk, or Zeus? Why are they CTZ? It's the same genetic material but okay. it, it indicates kind of a different approach to hoppers i think they all either trademarked a name or sought a, a different uh, name for it all around the same time um so maybe zeus growers in particular would treat the hop a little bit different and make tend to leave it on the vine a little bit later i've heard, maybe get a little I've heard bit brewers of, that only one zeus exactly like, maybe it has a little more of that oh. dang, Why does the Roger do zeus or something? that tends to come from i believe that's the steiner um variant of this hop and they tend to have created a lot of downstream oil and extract products over the years. So I think they kind of tend to lean wow. towards leaving it on the uh, vine a little bit longer. And maybe that develops a flavor profile that um, brewers are, you know, fondness for that really aggressive pot, like onion, Dude, garlic, dank kind of thing. I like, get no, on- well, like maybe a little onion. Slightly. Yeah. Or maybe well, a little garlic, but like, wow, like super just grapefruit oil now. Yeah. Wow. Uh, so here's, a f- I know which, I know which this is. 
of the CTZ. Can you can you tell? Is that something that's possible for you to smell and go, oh, this is Tomahawk? I think Fuck you guys. You I told me it's Columbus, Columbus. But I don't know. What did the package say? It just says CTZ, I think. Right? Yeah, but uh, Nico just told me. Oh, he did? Yeah. I think it might be Columbus. He can tell us if we're, if we're right or not. Anyone else want to guess? I don't remember. To- I was, I, it's yeah. been so long. I remember... I remember- Having tomahawk, but it, when I had it, it was probably CTZ. Yeah, this is Zeus. Yeah, this is Zeus. Oh, Zeus. nice. This is the the wow. Steiner. That's realm super orangey, guy. grapefruity, like essential oil. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like mm-hmm. No pith, no fruit. Just wow. So genetically, they were all the same plant. They just went to different farms, That's and they, each farm called it a different. It's like yeah. like coffee yeah, or tea. They, like coffee is uh, a coffee plant. It's just yeah, a, it's right. just a, the same plant, but it depends on where it's grown. That kind of thing. Yeah, it's a really cool, interesting history about this hop. I've oh, yeah. seen a couple of cool articles written about it's such an interesting um hop that Jeez. really is critical to the lineage of a lot of new school higher alpha hops right. it's really crop stable it's really disease resistant probably not as much in some contexts in others but it's tended to have a a really strong history in providing genetic material for other hops um and it's one kind of like cascade where you can find it more often than not compared to some other hops on the shelf at the homebrew shop so maybe if you can't find you know the Simcoe that you wanted or the Amarillo that you wanted or the Citra that you wanted, but you really want to brew an IPA and you have Cascade and CTZ and maybe some other one small amount of sub-signature hop around, you can really still brew a pretty kick-ass beer if the hops are fresh and in great shape. It's very sure. versatile. You can use yeah. the flavor as, as, and, and the bittering and, as, and a dry hop for sure. Extremely versatile. And you can adapt it so many places in the in the brewing process. Almost every slot, that hot side, really okay. early hot side bittering stage. Yeah. Flavor stage in the middle, and then late and dry hop, depending on the quality of what you have. But this one is is really fresh. It's really pretty pungent. <clears throat> It'll do well yeah. in, in almost any context. You I would never have experienced this. Before. Pretty kick ass pale ale with that, and maybe one other hop. Um, so here's a weird question: Some of these, um, the densities of the pellets are, you know, some are more dense. Some are. This is like really resiny and soft, and you kind of just push it and just squeezes together. Is that a is that a, a sign of quality or is that it is actually okay. I'm glad you brought that up we almost uh, blew right by that but uh, one thing I learned about at being at the Hobson Brew School in Yakima a few years back a lot of people uh, consider that the pellets that break apart a little bit easier are to be a little bit higher quality tend to have gone through the pellet dye a little bit proper temperature instead of the really glassy hard ones which went through the pellet dye a little bit higher temperature perhaps and will break apart and be useful really easily in the brewing process without clumping together and having other issues. You know. Okay. That can be a, a, a visual and tactile way to sort of get an pr- impression of quality out of your hops. If, if they do break apart like that, it can be a really good thing. I have some old CTZ uh, whole hops to send around now, too, for kind of comparison's sake. Uh, that one. Awesome. Uh, these actually um, whole flower hops that I had from 2013. They're a couple years old now. CTZ kind of comparison to what we just had. They're they're certainly degraded, but they're not as bad as I would have thought they were. I haven't smelled these things since, since probably 2013. They were way at the back of the, <laughs> okay, the back so, of the refrigerator. I mean, I would still in a pinch. I don't think it would be my first choice, but in a pinch, I can still use these on the bittering side. And I don't think it would. Oh yeah, you still do them. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, are we? We're doing the same thing. So these are whole hops. These are the flowers. Yep. Right. Uh, non-pelletized. Non-pelletized. And we just do the same thing. Yeah, you can do okay. the same thing, kind of break them apart. They make a little bit more of a mess since they're, they're a whole flower. Jay's going to come back and go, what is going Jay's, on? Yeah, he's yeah. never going to do this again, which, is sort of, <laughs> which was sort of our interior motive here. Well, they're much more aromatic than the uh, pellet hop. Oh, 
I'm surprised. Oh, wow, I'm surprised really? that the quality isn't quite as yeah. ter- terrible as I would have expected. It's I'm actually getting, okay. I'm getting oxidation. Character. Is that because you're you're getting more plant material and that kind of contributes a little bit more to the? Because like, this is more like orange, like grapefruit pith, like that white part, that white shit. Um, than just the the more uh-huh. pure aromas, but maybe back with- to your point. So these, so at six at room temperature, wow. CTZ is another hop that only and retains diesel. about fifty percent of its alpha after about six months, right? So these should be pretty degraded in terms of alpha by now, after um, two two years. Um, then again, maybe the oil is still more intact. Question, the aroma may still yeah. persist. Maybe the oil still persisted in a way that um, if there's any experts out there that know hops Anybody way more in depth than we do on this show, hey, please, calls? please well, let us I, know what you think. But yeah, that's uh, very interesting. Back to your point, McDowell. I yeah. think that more the oil survived in a better way than we might have expected. I could so see, might use it as a late hop rather than bitter. Or these were stored at freezing. So they're not exactly comparing room temperature. Yeah. These were definitely okay. sort of freezing, so that is a consideration. But they are still whole hop, the most fragile right. form of, of the hop that you can find. Well, I could see that a lot stickier. Not um, having to go through yeah. the oh, pelletizing process, they weren't exposed to even moderate levels of heat, and the lupulin glands aren't necessarily broken apart, the which happens in the pelletizing intact, process. Right? They're intact. They were kept frozen most of their life. So granted, they are going to be less... Intense in terms of alpha acid and even I think that at least in my perception they weren't as strong of aromatics they were still nice but to me they were uh, not as intense as the pellets right less yeah, so um, less were, direct and less sharp right but, yeah yeah, yeah. Um, I think maybe in this case the whole whole cones might have helped them a little bit in that regard I don't know it's quite yeah it's really mm. good theory. it's quite possible right it mm. got it had some protection that way in some degree just even it was though, never handled and manufactured like pellets are right. So now my hands are all green. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like the green. I'm the hop Spider-Man. <laughs> and stick to the walls. Uh, what do we got left, Nate? We got left Citroen Mosaic. We got time okay. for those. We can talk yeah. about those really quick. Those sure. kind of different from the pack that uh, those first two kind of old school classic um, traditional hops. Now some newer school American hops. Now these super new school kind of high pops, Citroen Mosaic. Really big interest around both these hops over the last five to six years. Tons of signature beers being created around uh, both these hops. Let's send Citra around first. Uh, this is uh, a hop that has just a ton of oil content, one that's really popular in the late and dry hop side of brewing, of course. Um, Heretic Evil Twin uses Citra in it. That's a beer that Jamil's talked about a lot on this show. I think that um, one of our most award-winning home brewing IPAs at the NHC over the last few years, Kelsey McNair's Hop Foo. He's given that recipe many times in Zymer G. Having the opportunity to do so, having one with it so often, of uh, Citra is, a, and he's talked about that beer to me, and talked about how Citra, being an early adopter of Citra, was a huge component in making that beer uh, such an awesome beer, um, such a big standout because it, yeah, a weird it's a, hop, right? Yeah, it's a weird, new, interesting hop, and one that's really gained a huge following. But because it huh. is is so popular use on the late kettle and dry hop side, I think freshness and quality of the hop is one that you want to think about when using it in your beer. Also, it's such a new hop that's being grown on a much larger scale than it has been previously, and more growers are becoming involved. The vines are getting a little bit older. The hop is changing over time. It's not the same citra that it was four or five years ago. As much as the growers want to... Unfortunately. Yeah, as much as the growers want to keep the interest in citra alive, and I don't think there's any chance in that waning anytime soon, know that it is a changing hop. So as you get 2015 citra in-house, compare it to your memories of what you had in the past. The tropical fruit 
note of citrus should be yeah. one thing that really sets it apart, and that's something yeah. that's pretty obvious to everyone who's brewed with it. But if oh, you're yeah. new, if you're new to citrus and you want to try and figure out what makes citrus so magical, looking for that tropical fruit type type character when you do a sensory evaluation of it can be pretty critical. You know, squishy fruit, tropical fruit. You know, different bunch of different cool terms to kind of think about it. But you guys getting that impression of Definitely the citrus a little bit? Yeah, yeah. for sure. Kind of a slight, maybe southern hemisphere, not as much as the one we're about to try, mosaic, but a little bit of that um, New Zealand kind of hop quality to it, just slightly. But it is just firmly focused on the American, um, you know, kind of citrus zest and yeah, uh, that kind of school of aroma and flavor. And that's where uh, you know, while you're talking, you just sit there and work the the pellets. You know, even after they're broken up, you just keep working them. Yeah, I'm just trying to. Is that just a nervous energy, or just trying just... to volatilize more of it off and see if okay. it, see it's if a it changes? To anal. Yeah, yeah. yeah there you you got to warm it up, you know. Jesus. <laughs> it's like Matthew McConaughey in that in that commercial. Where he's doing that all the time. He's doing that. All, he's rubbing his fingers. Yeah. <laughs> one uh, thing. I mean, no one would ever probably use this hop in this context. Uh, not anal, but um, it's it's a <laughs> it's other a, hops though. It's a loco humulone, loco humulone hops. So if you had, I love northern brew. You had a ton of citra around. You wouldn't be afraid to plug it in in a uh, bittering context if you really wanted to use it that way. It wouldn't be a bad choice. But I would expect huh, it, it does the change. aroma, the aroma yeah. and flavor to carry over. Yes, that's, that's yeah, a good point. It would be, yeah. Not in that kind of Apollo CTZ type of way, uh, but, a, thing, but more, in, a, yeah. in more of a fruity, assertive kind of a way. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, and compared to some of these other hops that we were looking at uh, previously today, one that is really shelf-stable, it keeps a, more than 75% or around 75% of its alpha at room temp at six months. So interesting uh, consideration there. It's pretty pretty shelf-stable hop. Wow. Um, Bev, why, don't you want it, why do you want in on this, Bev? No, she's not listening. Never mind. <laughs> she's rest- is, she, is she asleep? She's busy uh, updating her Pinterest. It's true. <laughs> so our final hop uh, to evaluate today yeah. we got a little bit of mosaic here um what do i do with my hands my hands smell like centena cascade how to break citrus well you just got to dip them in the kettle you know we need some of those oils off. <laughs> oh, yeah. just wash them a little boiling water i don't uh, know what that means it's only monday we'll turn the whole sink green in the bathroom over <laughs> yeah, for sure this is when you need paper towels people what kind of place is this no towels so mosaic uh, being the Oh, these are tiny little, these are tiny. You need a napkin? Really small pellets. Yeah. yeah when I go to the bathroom, what a <laughs> paper towel. I'll blow my nose on that thing. So mosaic, oh, being, mosaic being one of the newest hops from the same school of hops that we got uh, Simcoe from. And it's a really successful, really high interest hop. Just came out a few couple of years ago, within two, three years. I always think of now one of the, Commercial beers that I love with this hop in it. Uh, Ooh, in it. Wow. The um, Pale Ale from Faction features this hop, yeah. and it's an awesome beer, as well as uh, Ballast Point Grunion. That if you're not local to this area, you might not have had Faction mm-hmm. beer, but you might have had Grunion. That's another one on the shelf that has a really nice... If you um, have $25. Mosaic, <laughs> mosaic quality to it. But mm-hmm. um, a lot of tropical fruit, citrus, and, and a berry and herbal and earthy and pine. I mean, part of the reason why I named in such a way is that it's so versatile in, in different in different contexts. And so when you're evaluating this hop, I think this is one that has changed a lot, too, in the, since it was yeah. introduced. Um, I'm finding, contrary to when it was first available to home brewers, that you find some crops of mosaic that are a lot more dank than in the past, and you'll find <laughs> that um, it's probably being treated and harvested by the different growers in, in different ways. So 
keep that in mind. Um, that a really dank or really aggressive type of mosaic is going to perform a little bit differently than the one that's super fruit forward and super tropical, super tropical forward. So it could be the same. It's the same genetic material, as same you said, exact genetic material, but just totally a different grower may harvest it earlier or later, and that will have an impact on your that will have an yeah. overall impact on the flavor, definitely, especially when used in the in the late and dry hopping context. And similar to Citra, really moderate and low cohumulone. This is definitely a hop Ooh. that you could use on the bittering side. I like that. With and if you if you buy a lot of it, if you want to buy two big pounds of it and use it throughout your home brewing season, if you're a big fan of mosaic. Uh, you can start to plug it in in those parts mm-hmm. of the process, too, and, and not have any so, problems. So when I'm smelling it, uh, you know, I, I, I get some of that melon. I get some of that, uh, all the other weird stuff you talked about. I, I forget. Uh, but then at the end, there's kind of like a like a diesel yeah. quality yeah. that you can kind of get, you mm-hmm. know, in some beers even. Um, a little pepper. Yeah. So if I don't want that in my beer, what do I do? Like, where would I where would I put this? So I do the smell test, and I go, yep. yeah, they smell amazing. They smell super rad. They kind of smell like uh, Centennial, but whatever, because uh, I have it on my hands. And then, uh, but I don't want that, that kind of harshness on the end. Where do, where do I go with these? Yeah, the diesel one in particular, that's cool you brought that up. That's one I used to get on Amarillo a lot many years ago, a little less so these days than in the past. I, I've kind of warmed up to it. I used to not really like it at all. But um, if... You still want some of that character in your beer, but you don't want that diesel quality to be as forward. Mm-hmm. Um, using it in the flavor slot would be one way to okay. kind of compromise without when doing sort of recipe development stuff or kind of changing around a recipe that you have. Avoiding using it in the dry hop would be one way to get less of that kind of diesel quality out of it. Or maybe that you'll, you'll find that of the available mosaic that is available around and you buy three four different bags of it one of them seems to have a little bit more or less of that diesel character and you could plug it in different parts of the process adding them earlier in the boiler in the middle of the boil is going to volatize more of those kind of things okay i mean because they are inherent in that in the hop it's not a reflection on how it's treated right or anything like that okay yeah and that's one way in which this hop is in some ways comparison to hops like nelson and nelson has a can have a ton of that okay and that's one way in which some people like that or some people don't like that you're looking for um, maybe mosaic that has more or less of it, depending on where, where how you want to use it. You know, and much like that Hob Nelson, you could you know blend or compare contrast um, that hop used late or later in the dry hop if you like that that kind of diesel quality. That's an unmistakable it really character. <laughs> That's amazing. Well, and even this issue is one that even commercial breweries have to deal with. Because hop contracts don't always carry through, and they have to switch suppliers, which means they're going to get Mosaic or Centennial or Citra from a different grower that might treat their plants differently and then have more of these diesel characters or different flavors. And then they're faced with, do we just use it because this beer's always had Citra in it, or do we mix it up and change hops? Or what do we do to to adapt? Yeah, mixing right. up and changing hops on like a major flagship beer. Like that's, that's a hard a call to make. Really tough decision, yeah. Cool. But yeah, so it's so it's not just homebrewers having to make these decisions, right? right. It's, it's everybody, people who use it, right? And that's yeah, you for know, sure. one important thing to uh, take note of if you're a homebrewer who has friends who are professional brewers, or you go to beer festivals and you talk to other pro brewers, and you know, get a couple of beers <sighs> in them, and they want to share their opinions about what kind of hops they have available. It's going to be a lot of fun to to get their impressions. It's never going to be a direct comparison to what you would experience. Maybe they're saying, "Oh, I'm finding the Centennial this year is really this or that," and may not be. What you experience, but you can glean a lot of information from those type of conversations, and even 
get become even better friends with those guys. They might even give you a sample of what they've got, and you can you can compare. I never go to a brewery without Ziploc bags. Exactly. Yep. A gallon size. And brewers, <laughs> <laughs> brewers are buying hops by the forty-four pound box. I mean, yeah, they'll, yeah. They're, yeah. They're, they'll, they'll be nice. Once the box is open two, and you got your bag bag there, like, two four ounces yeah. for a home brewer. That you know, what's the move? Not a little right. like a little one, a little little bag. Like, no. You just stand there with your bag open. You go, <laughs> right. and you shake it, <laughs> shake it out. You used to go, you got your bags. I go, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that could be move. another way to get, maybe you just want a Another small, way to get some really fresh centennial. Yeah, another yeah. small mm-hmm. amount of a hop that you want to be able to blend or compare against one, the little bit that you already have. That can give you more options. Keep all the options open. Don't be afraid to adapt during the brew day. And, you know, you can get yeah. more out of your hops than you, you think you can. Yeah, don't, yeah. don't be afraid to say no, I think, too. If something doesn't smell right, yeah. it's not going to taste right. No, and you can plug in something else in that, yeah. in that stage if you're already committed to that brew day. Or maybe you're starting two, three days ahead and you're, um, you're ahead of the game and you're just evaluating what you have. I've done that. I'm like, okay, well, shoot, I don't have the Simcoe. I thought I needed to make this beer. I guess I'm making something else. Yeah. There's just no, no way to cover for something that had a signature you needed. So. Cool. So you can plan accordingly. That's good stuff, Nate. I appreciate it, man. No problem. Hey, Thanks very much. Hanging, man. Yeah. 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 This, is, it smells, this is the best it's ever smelled in here. Right. Yeah. Well, <laughs> this covered up your cologne smell. I mean, <laughs> right. Yeah. I don't asshole. smell JP anymore. It's great. <laughs> and I mixed all the hops uh, together. Now we have. Yeah. Now we and have. It what smells like Citra. <laughs> <laughs> What's See, that? that one's still dominating. Citra right? is yeah. a very it dominant does. hop. Yeah. Yeah. Dominate the whole thing. It probably all smells like Citra or Mosaic now. Or CTZ. Those three at the most, baby. All right, we're going to take a kind of a long break. I think it's uh, I think it's some food time. We had a pretty decent size segment. Then we come back. We're going to talk to uh, Sean Paxton, the homebrew chef, talking about your Thanksgiving dinner, all that kind of fun stuff you guys can do with some beers. It's the session. Back after this. You're listening to the Brewcasters. The Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. Have you ever dreamed of attending the World Brewing Academy? This year, thanks to Lalamond and Danstar, one lucky brewer will make that dream a reality for free. Lalamond and Danstar invite you to enter the Beer School 2016 contest. One lucky grand prize winner will receive fully paid tuition to the 2016 World Brewing Academy web-based concise course in brewing technology worth almost $4,000. From now until December 11, 2015, every Danstar yeast packet you use is your ticket to enter. Visit danstaryeast.com for the details and to print your official entry form. There's no limit on the number of times you can enter, so get brewing with Danstar and get your entries into the Danstar 2016 Beer School Contest. Whether you want to build your homebrewing skills or build a career as a professional brewer, this course will change the way you think of beer and brewing. Enter at danstaryeast.com and get the dry yeast advantage with Lalamond and Danstar Premium Brewing Yeast and enter to win. Putting hops in my beer again. What? Why? It's just too ridiculous. Insane prices, stupid contracts, high shipping costs, crappy selection. Dude, you need Nico Brew. 
Nico Brew will rock your f***ing face right the f*** off your f***ing skull. $5 shipping to all 50 states, plus fantastic international rates get you low prices on Nico Brew's great selection of hops and more. Whether you're a home brewer, a pro brewer, or a home brew shop owner, Nico Brew can get you the hops you need in increments big and small, single orders, spot buys, or full contracts. And there's only one place to join the Uber Special Secret Elite Bare Bones Club where you'll get the best deals anywhere. Holy shit. NicoBrew.com. N-I-K-O-B-R-E-W. Nico Brew, your bare bones buddy in the brewing business. Three-time Ninkasi Award winner and Grandmaster Judge Gordon Strong invites you on a guided journey of what's new in the world of homebrewing. Modern homebrew recipes, exploring styles, and contemporary techniques available now from Brewers Publications. Gordon brings you specific advice and sensory profiles for as-brewed, award-winning beers with delicious variations to get your creative juices flowing. This is more than just a book of recipes. It sets brewers on the path to discovering what's new in the world of homebrewing. AHA director Gary Glass says, if you want to enter competitions or just learn more about styles that you might not have experience with, this book is going to help you tremendously. By emulating what Gordon does, you're going to make better beer. Modern homebrew recipes, exploring styles and contemporary techniques by Gordon Strong. Available right now from BrewersPublications.com and find brewing retailers near you. There are two types of people in the world, naughty and nice. Grogtag is letting you tell it like it is with their naughty or nice labels for the holidays. Grandma getting you down? Slap a naughty label on that four-year-old pale ale and put it under the tree. Did your Uncle Sal add you to his will? Well, he deserves your freshest batch of IPA with a custom nice label. Pick up one set of each and take 25% off your order by either entering code NAUGHTY or NICE at checkout. We all know how much beer you have to get rid of, so why not make it look good? Go find them at grogtag.com and don't forget to sign up for their newsletter to learn about their upcoming Black Friday sale and the Gifting with Grogtag 12-day sale during Christmas. Grogtag. At least your beer will look good. Do you know the three most important rules in brewing? Sanitation, sanitation, and sanitation. And no one does it better than Five Star Chemicals. Five Star knows sanitation. You can only sanitize clean equipment. And Five Star knows how to clean, too. For craft brewers and home brewers, Five Star has what you need to keep your fermenters, serving tanks, kegs and draft lines sparkling and free of any beer-spoiling bacteria. PBW, caustic, acid cleaners, star sand, Santa Clean, lubricants and defoamers, pH stabilizers, and more. Five Star Chemicals has cleaning supplies, safety supplies, heat exchangers, pumps, hoses, and valves. And Five Star is proud to offer eco-friendly products that exceed customer expectations. If you have a cleaning problem, you need the Five Star Solution. Visit FiveStarChemicals.com or call 800-782-7019. 800-782-7019. And get the Five Star Treatment today. All right, everyone. I know uh, some of you in the chat didn't necessarily like uh, all the yacht rock going on here, but, uh, you know, guess what? I don't really it's care. It's a thing now. With we them. have yeah. fancy taste here on the Brewing Network. 
That's true. We do. We do. We're, we're fancy, tasty guys or something like that. Uh, we're about to get Sean Paxton on the phone, but I do want to remind you guys that Christmas is coming up or Hanukkah or whatever. Holidays. Holidays. I celebrate Kwanzaa. The holiday you season. Do? The holiday season is. Thank you. That's very PC from, uh, like that? from the punk rock guy. Merry Christmas, Nate. <laughs> well, you know, I've got to sit in this chair and try and deliver some neutral information <laughs> <laughs> that nobody cares about. Good enough. Exactly. Let's um, talk a lot and say very little. Hey, you're paying attention. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> Well, speaking of paying attention, uh, why pay attention when you can pay Adam and Eve oh, our favorite sponsor. for your lovely uh, holiday evenings? Uh, it's getting colder here in the Bay Area, which usually oh. means from 75 at night to 73. Uh, yeah, there's but that shrinkage issue, too. So you need a little, like, a little shrinkage, right. yes, for sure. You need to get a little close. And, uh, you know, in the Bay Area, you can't do a lot of wood burning. So but do your own there. version of wood burning under you. the sheets with a little Adam and Eve. Go to adamandeve.com. No splinters. No Start splinters. a friction fire. You I go uh, use code uh, BN Army. It's B-A-N. What is it? How do you spell BN Army? B-N-A-R-M-Y. B-N-R-M-Y. Thank no. you very much, Nathan. A-R-M-Y. And you get all sorts of stuff. You get 10 free gifts. You get a special gift for her, uh, whoever she's you know going to be that night. Her boyfriend, um, yeah. yeah. special gift for him, which is her boyfriend or her husband, <laughs> right. probably. Yeah. And then Thank something you. for you. <laughs> oh. And I like Everyone that. Everyone gets one. Some the check. That. I don't know. It's what you get. Uh, yeah, 10 free DVDs, free shipping, all sorts of stuff. So uh, don't be alone or a load this holiday season. Go to adamyeve.com, use code BNARMY at checkout. Yeah, an A-R-M-Y at checkout. Well, I, I know where I'm going to do all my cars. Nice job on it. Oh. You know, Doc, you were, in, you were mentioning some feedback today. Uh-oh. Yeah, right um, before you got here. Uh, yeah. We're talking yeah. About you. Very convenient. Uh, speaking of convenience, though. Uh, Bev was informed at the break that she's not fun. Nope. So mean. Was it an authoritative? I'm a pile of fun. <laughs> hot You're steaming a pile. Of variable gonna, bucket of fun. I'm not even going to mention that. And then you threw a door stopper at my head. A rubber. It was fun. Yeah. <laughs> that wasn't fun. I had fun. That's how to make fun. <laughs> that probably was the most fun she's been in a and while. And I feel like other people in the room had fun watching yeah. it. Whatever. Actually, I feel like I watched it zing past my you head. Actually, hit him. That was the most fun. I did. I actually wasn't. Try- I meant to just scare you. In the ha- well, in the hat. If I wasn't wearing this amazingly handsome hat, that probably smells amazing. Um, it grazed you. Don't be such a baby. It bounced off my head. <laughs> That's not a graze. I'm sorry. That's a direct hit. It was. Rubber, but I'm fun. But it, thank you, Tasty. It's heavy. Oh, well, never mind then. <laughs> I don't think Bye, Felicia. Some damage to a whatever. Yeah, we were having fun at your wedding, and we were playing catch, Bevo and I, and she threw the football <laughs> right in my nutsack. You know she can't see it It coming. wasn't so much fun. She's I did not have fun with her. Well, you know, I stand corrected, Bev. You're pretty fun. <laughs> you're accurate. You're not fun, but you're accurate. She's the baller. I almost fell in the pool. Baller. I almost fell in the pool because I couldn't stand up. It was an accident. It was a genuine accident. <laughs> every, every time you keep saying that, though. Right in the balls. Right. Okay, I'm done. She, she, very she accidentally prone. hits everything. Yeah. So, so uh, yeah, you were about to hit him in the head. Yeah. He you try, like he was going to throw up. She tried for the 49ers. Who's going to be playing shuffleboard with you on this cruise? Anybody who wants to have fun. Anybody who wants, <laughs> who wants to lose their nuts. Right. Yeah. Or their he- wear a helmet and a cup. <laughs> right. All right, we got Sean Paxton on the line. Sean, are you with us? Come on, Sean. Sean, are you with us? Nope. No. Why isn't Sean with us? Paxton, we're ready to have fun. Did I do something wrong? <laughs> you have to press the button. Oh, there he is. He's not there. Oh, he hung up. Oh, he's singing A pretty good. Oh, because I pushed the wrong button. See, I don't use the phone system oh, very did often. Did you hang up on him? No, I didn't hang up on him. I guess he got bored. Oh. Or something. No, he just, well. I don't know. He's he's it might be his turn to buy. 
Justin's going to be back next week, right? <laughs> Justin's going to... No, there's no show next week. You know, you're oh. not fun either. Uh, well, I didn't... I never claimed to be fun. <laughs> well, neither did Ben. I didn't hang no, up... she is disappointed that she is not fun. I didn't hang up on him. It's not me. Um, somebody did <laughs> it. Just put him on hold. Oh, I'm, my microphone's still on. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, I told on you. Sorry. I know. I, what? Paxson? Hi. I didn't hang <laughs> up on you. You you were hung up on. The system no, decided that it, it didn't want to hear you. It hung up on me. Like, I I have three bars. I'm... <laughs> You've been at three bars. Yeah. <laughs> right. This is a great interview. He's at three bars. <laughs> I like when they say three bars, and yes, but I actually am. I have been actually to three bars. Actually, three three beer pubs. I'm actually in Bend, Oregon, oh, wow. and I'm actually right now at uh, Deschutes downtown Bond Street location upstairs in their little conference room. See, there you go. Look at you getting around. See? Wow. Well, the, you the know. Sean Paxton conference room. They gave you the room. conference room. Yeah, this I'm is like, the... hey, sir, anyway, I'm going to be on the brewery network in a little bit. They're like, yeah, go ahead, use the conference room. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, so I'm just about ready to order a dissident on tap. So, you know, I figured I would wait till afterwards. So I had a couple bachelor bitters to kind of start it all off. Well, you're very, see, you're very fun, Paxton, I feel like. Bev is not fun. We just had this whole discussion. Paxton, wow. would you say I'm fun or not fun? Oh, you're fun. Mm-hmm. How many times has Paxton ever hung out with you? Maybe five times in total? Uh, he doesn't in know. how many years? More than that. More than that. At least seven. Like, okay. oh, my God. <laughs> Paxton's fun. Uh, Paxton, I try to be. Speaking of fun, man, uh, so I wanted to get you on here. We wanted to talk about Thanksgiving dinner. Uh, that's a big thing for you, for I sure, know right? I nothing about that. <laughs> nothing. <laughs> uh, but before I get into it, I wanted to kind of let everybody know about your site. You've been spending uh, hundreds and hundreds of fun man hours uh, redoing oh, your site. Boy. What's going on over there? A lot of exciting things for all you listeners who aren't aware and haven't been to Homebrew Chef in a while, but uh, click homebrewchef.com, and we've done a whole new retrofit, uh, facelift, update, a whole bunch of new features all rolling out, and uh, new recipes, updated old recipes, so your classics, your favorites are still there, and we're adding a whole bunch of new great stuff. There's actually a whole bunch of new stuff on there already, and there's a whole bunch of more stuff waiting once I kind of have a little bit more free time because just to do the update and redo pictures and redo the template and redo all the different uh, tools and tweaks that we're trying to roll out just for the first round has been really kind of exciting. We're uh, doing some really cool stuff if you haven't taken a look yet, but a uh, whole new just look and we have scalability now with all the re- all the recipes so you can basically scale on the fly if you're doing it for two people or 20 people. The recipe wow. will actually do that for you. That's the worst uh, part about oh. about doing recipes and shit like that. If it doesn't say serve six or if it says serve six and I need to serve two, I don't want a whole bunch of leftovers. Well, and that's kind of the thing. So we'll do that. And then also for all you international uh, listeners, we're actually doing it too so that you can actually, with the click of a button, it'll go from U.S. to metric. That's pretty cool, but I feel like everyone should bow down to the U.S. way right. of doing things. <laughs> Learn how to measure something yeah. properly. I mean, is easy really the best way to go? I mean, yeah, fours and eights and sixteens. Who doesn't want to work in those kind of base yeah. units? Yeah. What's wrong with that? Sixteenth of a, yeah, of a teaspoon. teaspoon. Yes. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yes. No, it's it's actually, I've been using metric for a long time cooking, and then I convert it back. And so the fact that this does it all on the fly for everybody, and then in the recipes, I'm actually putting everything in both Fahrenheit and Celsius, so it makes it just super easy, and you never know the difference. Wow. I like it. Good thinking. I like the site, man. I like it a lot. 
Thank you. It's uh, And please, I would love any feedback. We're trying to incorporate a lot of changes. I've already gotten some great feedback and made those changes right away. Uh, we've been doing a whole bunch of just rethinking since there is no pop-up ads. There is no banners that are flashing and blinking. You know, you're on my site to be on my site. And I want to give you the best content as well as some of the best recipes that I've ever come up with. I'm never going to put a bad recipe up there. And everything I've made, I've made multiple times. Um, still working on some of the photography for a few of the dishes. But uh, other than that, we're trying to get everything just top-notch and really show you all about beer cuisine and really celebrate flavors that can happen because of beer. And it's just been a real fun project. It's been tons of work. I mean, this is really six months worth of work. So, wow. And you're just seeing the first phase. This is like phase one, and there'll be four <laughs> phases. So to give you guys an idea and a sneak peek. And so we actually have JP, right? Um, there's a link for everybody. Excuse me. I'm dying right now. <laughs> I can on. tell. Uh, yes, there's a link uh, for everybody. I just put it in the chat room. Um, but uh, let's see. I just got out of it because I was exploring all your sauces. I'm, like, poking it on your website. Uh. Um, it is... Uh, uh, yeah, homebrewchef.com, um, what is it, uncategorized, slash the Brewing Network Thanksgiving Feast. And that's all hyphenated so is, and stuff. We'll tweet uh, it out. We'll put it on the Facebook and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, we'll put it out because for all you BN listeners, go there, and there's something called the Chef's Table. And I would love for you to click on that and actually sign up. You have to give me your email address, but this is a good thing. Yeah, We're going to just send you just like a newsletter and some promotional stuff so you kind of get like what's going on as far as... Uh, new features being added, new recipes being added, new blog posts, that kind of thing. But then we're also going to be doing and really diving into cooking with beer, techniques, videos, all kinds of new, really neat stuff that nobody else is doing on the food and beer side. And uh, I would love for you guys to sign up and get exclusive access to some of this stuff. So That sounds cool, man. Because, you know, the Brewing Network, you know, it's part of my, you know, lineage, you know, heritage, <laughs> if you will. So Yeah. And I love you guys. We go you know, back. Doc, JP, Justin, all Bevo, you know. So. But not Nate. Fuck Nate. No. Nate's an asshole. That <laughs> That's right. Nate is there since I'm not in the actual, like, studio. So, hi, Nate. What's up? <laughs> so, I wish I was at the shoes with you guys. That sounds fun. That sounds like a good time, man. Sounds Congrats fun. on the new website. Yeah. looks oh. awesome. Yeah, well, thank you. Yeah. yeah, man. And so, what you've done here, and and so, why I wanted to bring on is because it, you know, it's it's Thanksgiving, and everyone Thanksgiving starts buying more beer. beer. Thanksgiving, right? Beer is Thanksgiving for sure. Uh, beer sales go up. Everyone starts trying new things. Like Nana decides to go and buy some celebration or something like that, which you know she probably would never buy because she doesn't drink beer. Uh, but uh, <laughs> you know, we want to we want to push the kind of the boundaries and 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 really like uh, get you people to introduce good beer to your family and your friends at you know this holiday season. So what better way to do that than kind of introduce it into food so you put together the brewing network thanksgiving feast it's an entire menu uh for thanksgiving to stretch not only your your culinary uh muscles but your uh brewing brewing muscles muscles. your colon muscles yeah uh so i mean this is an amazing site man you got uh thai inspired pumpkin coconut holiday soup just as a starter. What is that? It's just, oh, it's so good. It it's, looks amazing. Um, 
because if you think about pumpkin and Thai, they they go so well together. And like Thai pumpkin soup, you have it all the time. Mm-hmm. But then to add some beer in there, it gives it balance. It gives bitterness. It gives some depth. And it also the alcohol, just like a tomato vodka sauce. And we talked about this on the home brew chef a lot. But alcohol. In cooking is how flavor is basically carried over and actually enhanced by the alcohol. And so without the alcohol, it doesn't come through as much, but it kind of beefs up all the different flavors. And that soup with a little bit of candied uh, pumpkin seeds on top, and you could put a little creme fraiche or sour cream in there if you want, but with the coconut milk and everything, oh, so good. And actually, somebody left me a message the other day where they're basically going to add Celebration Ale, Mm -hmm. and I could totally see the hops in with all those Thai flavors, especially with that fresh hop IPA that we all love so much. Um, That in this soup with pumpkin, oh, I think it would be a great addition. I think so, too. We have, like, my beer brine turkey, which is, you know, synonymous. I think everybody knows my beer brine turkey recipe. Well, I took that same base recipe, and then I tweaked it as far as techniques on how to cook it. So you can now smoke that turkey. You can grill it, both gas and barbecue. You can actually uh, oven roast it, um, sous vide it if you want, deep fry it. There's all the techniques and recipes on how to do all that. Yeah, and like deep fry it safely. There's even a little video. There's a little animated GIF on there. Um, I was hoping to get the uh, how to carve a turkey video up, but my audio just wasn't quite the way I wanted it. So I'm redoing the audio. <laughs> Hopefully, get that tomorrow. I mean, I'm sure you guys understand audio. So. <laughs> I just push a button, man. You um, push a button and it's done. I know. Cutting on that turkey until there's nothing left on it. <laughs> but you even have like uh, Sierra Nevada tumbler uh, brown ale um, recipe, and if you can't get tumbler because the fall pack is already gone, uh, you can actually uh, use another brown ale. Um, but that is a wonderful recipe as well. There's actually one with uh, Firestone DBA. Yeah. Um, really, really tasty. Uh, lots of different ideas here. And you'll see how I've modified the recipes. And so you actually start to learn a little bit how the recipes are adapted to actually enhance the beer being used. So even though the recipe calls for a gallon of beer to go into the two gallons of overall liquid, it really shines through and you get some really great flavors. And even at the bottom of the recipe, it actually talks a little bit about different beer styles that I recommend using. I had somebody, I think it was on Google Plus, say that they used an APA and it didn't come out. I mean, it was good, but it wasn't worth the extra gallon of beer that they put in. But I never suggested an APA. So there you go. I mean, I really have thought through, I've done probably 600 turkeys by now. And when you really think about how to cook with beer and and food and those flavors and what that does to a beer brine and what that does ultimately to your turkey, where you'll never have a a dry turkey again if you follow my directions. Yeah. It's, oh, I'm so excited. (laughs) It looks like it, A lot of fun. You even had me (laughs) contemplating making a salad on Thanksgiving, looking at this salad on here. Whoa, 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 that's not... uh... Usually I steer clear of this rabbit food thing that people seem to be eating, but... The but even like my yams, the my yams with old ale. Oh yeah, See, that, 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 that sounds great. Usually, oh. I do the uh, I steal your um, uh, what is it? Your roasted garlic IPA mashed potatoes. Mashed potatoes. And yeah. uh, now that's the thing I bring to family Thanksgiving. But uh, I might try this yam. 
Mashed oh, yams. It's so, and then I also have the candied yams in Allagash Double with uh, vanilla beans and cinnamon and a little star anise and cloves. Mm-hmm. Oh, it is the best yams I've ever had. Wow. The, the mashed yams with old ale is really friggin' good, but those candied yams, those were the best yams I've ever had in my life. Wow. And I, I like want it. to share it with you guys. Well, I you, want you guys to have these recipes. And knowing you, you probably had a lot of yams. <laughs> yeah. I have, like, actually, like that's over not, the years. That's like nothing to shake a stick. That's actually like a, a pretty decent uh, recommendation from a guy who his whole life is food and beer. Pretty much. And, like, really the last 20 years I've been cooking with beer and learning all the different things to do, not to do, things to do better. And then you try beers differently the way I think about food and beers. And that's really what this whole site's dedicated to. That's the old homebrew chef that we used to do on the, the Brewing Network and, yeah. you know, all the times I've been on with you guys. And really trying to just share all those stories and knowledge and recipes and dinners you know i've had a lot of people contact me lately about the cascade hop infused malted flan that we did for the aha in san diego oh that blew my mind so all those recipes from that dinner i'm actually working on right now so all those are going to go online um all the past dinners i've done with the aha will all be online um, we have all the different other dinners I've done, so I'm working on all those recipes. And they'll both be the large versions, so you can actually take a look at, wow, that's what it takes to feed 2,000 people. <laughs> yeah. So the flan will make 2,000 servings. We'll have to scale, you can scale it, right? And this is where, you know, for you guys to kind of see, and then you can even play around with the scaling feature, and you can actually compare it to the version that's actually made for, you know, normal person consumption, you know, with the <laughs> the average size pots versus the 80-gallon pots that I have to use sometimes. And sometimes I have to use two or three of them at once. So this is where it's fun because I get to share with you guys what I've been doing pretty much the last 20 years, you know, the last eight years exclusively, but the last 20 years of all those recipes, all the things I've learned from those recipes and techniques and just the knowledge, you know, of pairings and flavors. And, you know, it's it's been a really fun project. And especially with Thanksgiving being such a near and dear, you know, holiday to my heart, you know, especially when you get together and literally good food, good, yeah, <laughs> but good food and good beer, I mean, together and having just good times with that, you know, just with the family and hopefully make that less awkward. <laughs> yeah, yeah, when they're shoving food in their faces. Uh, one of the things that stood out to me was the, the pumpkin uh, DBA spatzel. Yes, the spatzla. Uh, and, and, and then it's something tossed in a Cylon sentence, like Battlestar Galactica Cylon, bullshit? Cylon, oh, okay. yes. <laughs> Battlestar Galactica. Yeah. Um, so the idea is, you know, German Spetzla is, is one of those really easy but uh, sometimes overlooked side dishes that it's basically eggs, flour, and salt. And I add some pumpkin to it, and then DBA with that little oaky undertone and that malty English bitter kind of English pale ale style. And what's great about this dish is you brown the butter first. That way you're not bringing out any diacetyl issues um, with the butter on there. And a little bit of cinnamon in there kind of gives it that little extra earthiness. And there's just a hmm. pinch of cinnamon actually in the special recipe. And I take you step by step on how to do it. You do. I'm looking at it right now, man. 
Oh, and let me tell you that that with a wild mushroom gravy, oh, yeah. the Doppelbach Dude, okay. wild mushroom gravy, Stop. or the cranberry wit uh, sauce that wow. uh, is really really tasty. And uh, I, saw I was that hoping a- to get a few other ones on there, but just didn't have time <laughs> to get everything done. It's been hundreds of hours of. Yeah, tweaking man. and learning code and you know all this other fun stuff to really make that website what it is and the clean design and really just to showcase what's possible with beer cuisine i saw that there was a cream soda recipe on there is that something there's still time to make before thursday uh, there is it's super quick and easy i just don't have the link actually popped in there yet um i'm hoping to get that up tomorrow but uh super good cream soda recipe for the non-alcoholics but uh <laughs> i don't even know, I know. What that means i i understand so but you can't put vodka <laughs> in it it's good <laughs> or, um, still good <laughs> just saying it's okay. a good mixer cool cool yeah no it's been fun and it's uh you know thanksgiving is just such a i think a great time to share and bring people together and since there's no religious undertones to anything and just a real fun fun holiday and this is where i think too you know even like if you want to bring something over to a friend's house i have a hophead ipa peanut brittle wow that's quite tasty you get little hops in there so it's almost like you're sitting at the bar having your hoppy ipa with some peanuts that was kind of the inspiration for that dish or that recipe but uh, that's actually on the menu but that's if you go through the site you'll see that recipe and mm-hmm. A whole bunch of other ones. There's uh, chocolate cool, stout or uh, imperial chocolate stout truffles that are really good. Uh, there's also a vanilla bean triple infused pasta creme, kind of like a custard. Uh, you know, really, I, really good. One suggestion: it, never have the calories posted on your site for this stuff. <laughs> I'm getting fat listening to it. It sounds amazing. Well, and this is what's fun: is that you know to actually be able to do nutritional information from a calculation standpoint, not necessarily from a lab standpoint, um, just from cost and everything else, but to actually have that tool so that when you're doing a dinner party and you're trying to think about people's health and your own health and those questions have come up over the years to me and I was able to find an extra widget that I could add into the template that basically puts everything into a database and so like I said this is phase one guys so wait till you see phase three it's going to blow your mind well head on over to homebrewchef.com or follow the link that we're going to give you on social medias and uh, sign up for uh, Paxty's Chef's Table man it sounds pretty cool you'll definitely see my email it's going to be really cool it's uh, I'm really excited about it and I can't wait to hear you guys feedback there's going to be a discussion board you guys can start asking questions and hints for recipes and other (laughs) things that you would like to see for the future so happy to do all that for you guys cool yeah man we'd love it for sure paxton thanks man i I appreciate you taking the time out of your busy drinking day oh well you know i'm up here in bend i had you know all these other fun things to do but you know said i'll put my pine down for a few minutes and talk to you guys (laughs) well you should teach bev next time take bev you can teach her how to how to be fun (laughs) she didn't even hear it's it's even better when bev doesn't even listen um i'm trying to deal with stuff she's she's busy having fun yeah all right paxton thanks man hey happy thanksgiving to you guys and uh hope to see you guys soon all right happy thanksgiving paxton yeah Uh, thanks guys bye Bye, paxton cheers huh bye yeah bye it's pretty cool, man. He's done a lot of good work on that site. I like the great Sean Paxton. Yeah, it's, it's pretty great. cool. Yeah, it's he pretty neat, man. Weaves all the beers directly into the food. I think that's pretty. I want to make the peanut cool. butter now or the peanut brittle now. 
Sounds like he always uh, picks these good, awesome beers that yeah. I think I would be trying to make the food and the beer would just get consumed. Right. While I was to <laughs> That's what happens, man. Well, and my thing, I go like, okay, what I and like about actually, this You new, actually purchased IPA to make the mashed potatoes? I do, well, I make Taryn do it. Oh, okay. You can't <laughs> so, be seen. Right. My hands are IPA clean. No, no, my register. hands are clean, man. Right, and gotcha. she pours it in also. He doesn't right. touch right. it. No, I don't do shit. Not a it. drop touches his hand. Right. No. I always go like, well, I, I want to make this like uh, the Doppelbach mushroom gravy. I've seen it on his old site before. And, uh, but I just, I, I always put it off because I'm always intimidated by how much... Uh, I'm gonna try to say there. I don't know how much work is actually involved in in, in making this, right? Uh, but now with the new layout of the site, that's kind of cool, man. You can see everything and what goes in it. Gives you appropriate times for everything. Now I can plan out my my cooking ahead of time. I'm really excited about that cascade infused flan because that that, that was one of my good, high dude. points from the San Diego NHC. Yeah, was that dessert from that dinner? Like that that was the main dish that I remember from that. Yeah, for oh, sure. That was tasty. a great dessert. Yeah, that was delicious, man. I got the recipe. He even has a a link here. I don't think it's, uh, I don't know if it's working yet, or I think he's going to throw it in. Uh, Anatomy of a bird, how to make a Turk duckin. Oh, damn. I've always wondered. the whole thing. You have a friend who's the chef to do it for you. That's what <laughs> yeah, I've done. Right. That's the best way. You go to one that has one. Yeah. And you eat it. Could you show Sounds me good. again? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> go to John Madden's house. That's great. He's got it on his website. It tells you how to do it. Yeah, it's pretty nice. good, man. I like it. All right, we're, we're going to do this. We're taking another little break here, real fast. We had some some ish, but uh, we're trying to fix it. Anyway, it's the Brewing Network. When we come back, we're going to do a little feedback. We're going to, no, feedback. We're going to do uh, beer news. We're going to do the Twitter game. And then uh, I think that's going to be it. Yeah. We're going to leave. Oh. Can Thanks we do for feedback hanging again? Out. We can do feedback <laughs> again, sure. happened 30 years ago. ARPANET migrated to TCPIP and the internet was born. Revenge of the Jedi was renamed Return of the Jedi and opened in theaters. Mila Kunis and Emily Blunt were born, beginning a rad fantasy in my mind. But all of that pales next to the fact that HopTech opened its doors and began blowing homebrewers right out of their mash tuns. HopTech doesn't fuck around. Real people shipping awesome shit straight to you. Their new website is fast and easy to navigate. Or just call 800-379-4677 and let badass bitch Jade and the gadget guy Roberto blow their warm load of customer service all over you. So visit the site or visit Visit the store in Dublin, California, and support those that support you. Get your brewing on at hoptech.com. Say hello to my little friend. You've heard about White Labs Pure Pitch Yeast. Pure Pitch is yeast grown right in its final packaging. That means yeast that has never been exposed to the environment. And White Labs Pure Pitch Yeast for homebrewers is now available to everyone at homebrew retailers nationwide. Easy to use, perfectly sized, and ready to pitch. White Labs yeast packaged using their FlexCell process ensures the purest yeast on the market. Visit whitelabs.com to learn more about Pure Pitch, Flex Cell technology, and how it's created. Then visit a homebrew retailer near you for your own perfectly sized package of Pure Pitch yeast. And you can say hello! Hello! 
to your own little friend. www.whitelabs.com When I order a beer, I want my server to know more about it than I do. I want someone who enjoys good beer and loves helping others enjoy it too. I want someone who knows how to pour a perfect pint for every beer style. I want a Cicerone. The Cicerone Certification Program is creating the type of people who help you enjoy great beer. Home brewers and craft beer lovers know beer is more flavorful and complex than ever, and it takes some serious knowledge to store and serve beer right. Cicerones know beer. There are three levels in the Cicerone Program. Certified Beer Server, Certified Cicerone, and Master Cicerone. Cicerones are truly the sommeliers of beer. The best beer locations have a certified Cicerone on staff. Relaxed and unpretentious, Cicerones are tested on storing and serving beer, beer styles, flavor and tasting, the brewing process and ingredients, and pairing food with beer. Learn more about your next beer guide at Cicerone.org. Certified Cicerone, because it takes top talent to present a perfect pint. Do you know the three most important rules in brewing? Sanitation, sanitation, and sanitation. And no one does it better than Five Star Chemicals. Five Star knows sanitation. You can only sanitize clean equipment. And Five Star knows how to clean, too. For craft brewers and home brewers, Five Star has what you need to keep your fermenters, serving tanks, kegs, and draft lines sparkling and free of any beer-spoiling bacteria. PBW, caustic, acid cleaners, star sand, Santa Clean, lubricants and defoamers, pH stabilizers, and more. Five Star Chemicals has cleaning supplies, safety supplies, heat exchangers, pumps, hoses, and valves. And Five Star is proud to offer eco-friendly products that exceed customer expectations. If you have a cleaning problem, you need the Five Star Solution. Visit FiveStarChemicals.com or call 800-782-7019. 800-782-7019. And get the Five star treatment today beer tasting games that train your palate a brewery locator and the brand new interactive beer style guide these are just a few of the awesome things you'll find on craftbeer.com the style guide is a beautiful example of technology in beer browse beer style families or turn on the automatic beer style finder and explore beer through color bitterness abv aroma and flavor it's really the coolest way to explore every beer style besides having them all in front of you go to craft craftbeer.com and click on beer styles to start the guide plus enjoy the rest of craftbeer.com the brewers banter blogs beer education how to host a beer tasting and the invaluable draft quality manual tons of great content that makes your beer better visit the new craftbeer.com right now and explore the website that brings you all the passion camaraderie and creativity of the craft beer community craftbeer.com celebrating the best of american beer are you looking for a simple brewing system that's great for all grain brewing, but everything on the market seems to be full of compromises? Blickman Engineering has the answer. The Blickman Brew Easy All Grain Brewing System. The Brew Easy is a complete system with easy upgrades and a beautiful compact design, perfect for any size brewing location. At its core, the Brew Easy is built on two gorgeous Blickman Boilermaker brew kettles, a high temperature March pump, and either a top tier gas burner or the new boil coil electric heater. The Brew Easy adapter lid allows the pots to stack 
stack on top of each other, forming an efficient, strong, and compact brewing setup that comes in 5, 10, and 20-gallon batch sizes. Upgrade your BrewEasy system with full automated control by adding a Blickman Tower of Power temp controller and make moving around easy with the Blickman Kettle Cart. The BrewEasy is modular. If you already own a Boilermaker kettle, you can build your BrewEasy by purchasing just the modules you need. The new BrewEasy all-grain brewing system. See it today at BlickmanEngineering.com and brew with Blickman quality on your new Brew Easy. Williams Brewing is your online resource for prompt delivery of quality home brewing supplies. Since 1979, Williams Brewing has offered the finest equipment and the freshest ingredients backed by the best customer service in the business. Do you like to mash using efficient fly sparging but would like an easy way to heat your strike and sparge water? Enter the new Brewer's Edge Electric Mash Water Heater, a plug-in, anywhere, precisely controlled heater for strike and sparge water. Ditch the fumes and second burner and make mashing easy. Go to williamsbrewing.com today and browse their vast selection. That's williamsbrewing.com. Orders placed by 4 p.m. Pacific time weekdays ship the same day. Brewing is easy the Williams way. Hey, my brewing brothers and sisters, this is Jamel Zanishev, and I want to tell you about Heretic Evil Twin. You might be familiar with my homebrew recipe, which uses massive late hopping to create a balance between the malty sweet and the hoppy bitter, along with an outrageous malt and hop character. I wanted a beer with the same bold hop and malt character, so we played around with the homebrew recipe until we were able to make a great commercial version, too. We've created a beer rich in malt character, full of caramel, toast, biscuit, and an ever-so-subtle roast note. On top of that, we piled in an insane amount of citra and Columbus hops at the end of the boil, as well as in dry hopping. This damn-the-cost approach to hopping gives Heretic's Evil Twin a great blast of citrus and tropical fruit that can't be matched by any other hop. The result is a bold, malty, hoppy, but easy-drinking beer. This is our top seller, our flagship beer, and I couldn't be prouder of it. Cheers. To find Heretic Beers near you, click on Find Some at hereticbrewing.com. Segmented, demented, fermented, fermented. It's the session. That's perfect timing, Nate. Oh, yeah. uh, thanks, everyone, for sticking with us. Uh, You're we're almost out of here. We're hitting some beer news, and we're hitting some uh, Twitter game, and then we're uh, cruising out of here. But first, I want to tell you about Beersmith. You can go get your 21-day free trial at Beersmith.com. Uh, if you're looking for bring software, and everybody does, uh, Beersmith is the one, man. Not only do the home brewers use it, professional brewers use it. And uh, you know, oh, yeah. if you want to be either one of them, you should uh, <laughs> use it, too. It really? can calculate all those alpha acid degradation right. things yeah, we were talking about right. earlier. You just click buttons and type in. That's pretty cool, man. You have to try and bust out a bunch of equations. It's awesome. Save your time. And who doesn't like being saved for times? Wait. Yeah, buttons. Something like that. Time is money. I like pushing buttons. I like pushing buttons, too, Doc. But like, like figuratively, like like not like oh, the photo buttons. Yeah, you get you push buttons figuratively. This, yeah, it'd be great if you had Toto queued up <laughs> and twist, twist. It would the be. Knife. I, well, I'm I'm gonna download the entire uh, the entirety of the Toto collection. So Thank next you. time I Thank do the show, much. which will probably be sometime in 2018. So Africa, yeah, basically, and Roxanne and Roxanne. Oh, Roseanne. Rosanna. 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 Yeah. See, you love it, Doc. <laughs> yeah. He knows. Meet Doc all the he way. He wants to forget, <laughs> but he can't. Uh, I can sing most of the words, too, because it's just ingrained in me. 
He's very labored with this memory. Yeah. <laughs> why? I still don't. I still don't understand why. You're too young. <laughs> just because it was solves it. Just because yeah. it was everywhere. When you're raging in the '80s and you had to listen to that, that oh, wasn't, yeah, yeah, wasn't what much. you wanted to hear. Yeah, yeah. Does it ever come on in the office and you just shove the drill into the person's gum? <laughs> I cringe and slip. <laughs> slip. Yeah. You're like, yeah. Oh god. Ugh. I hate everything. This Put is the down worst the thing ever. and walk away calmly. <laughs> <laughs> it makes me angry. Yeah, well, and, and you know, not many things make Doc angry. I suppose. No, that's right. That's why I was kind of shocked. I'm, I'm shocked too. Trust me. <laughs> what are you doing? Oh. <laughs> just a big side. You just wanted more yacht rock. We're just enjoying this right Can't now. Can't get enough. Don't worry about it. The beast. Our listeners tonight just love the yacht rock. Oh, yeah. They need more of it. We're trying to class this place up. Yeah. I mean, the bar is packed right now. It's working. Yeah. It is working. Yeah. Yeah, they're all like swaying out there. Moving it from the double white community to the, the harbor. <laughs> all right. Oh, man. I was hoping you were going to like rip things off the walls, but you're just kind of sitting there <laughs> stewing, and I don't like that. that you're just making Doc quiet. That doesn't, that's not <laughs> good. Those meds are helping. That's probably true. <laughs> Let's do some beer news, huh? Got some? Anything got happen? Some. A little bit. Uh, nothing's been going on. So no, nothing's I, been I haven't happening. heard anything happening. No, no, but this is no also expensive some, deals or nothing. Yeah, no pumpkin beers. No, came out. Well, there's also some, uh, you know, some uh, some fun beer news. It's not all going to be, you know, dealing with, uh, you know, politics and bullshit like that. Something about IPAs. Yeah. Anymore? Well, like for example, <laughs> Lewis. Yes, hopefully, uh, Lewis Kent has done what many runners have only dreamed of, and he did it while drinking lots of beer. On Wednesday, the 20, uh, 22-year-old beer mile record holder signed a two-year shoe and apparel deal with Brooks, a running shoe company out of Seattle, Washington. Washington? This makes this makes Kent the uh, likely the first athlete in this sport of the beer mile to score a mainstream sponsorship deal. Brooks is a pretty big deal in the running industry. (laughs) It's no Under Armour, but yeah, it's a big deal. This guy ran the beer mile and he's getting paid. So uh, he's what was this this thing here? What was the record setting performance? What What are the details? I I, I got it here. All right, hold on, guys. Give us the deets. It's pretty surreal, Kent said of the deal, which a Brooks marketing manager told Roval pays more than an amateur athlete and less than an Olympian. So they're very vague. Huh. I'm sure it's okay. maybe some shoes. But still. Um, yeah. He says, I've always liked to run and drink beer, but I never thought I'd be considered world class for doing both. At the same time. Yeah. Kent, who runs track at the University of Western Ontario, currently holds the world record in the beer mile, set his latest time of four minutes, 51.9 seconds on Tuesday night, running alongside a friend on the track in London, Ontario. The effort was filmed for proof and approved shortly afterward by beermile.com. The so sports many, governing body. They oh, have a I governing see. body. So how many beers is it in the beer mile? I four, think it's four. four. It's four, four, right? four laps one, around one the track. Four laps around, one, one per lap. lap. Okay, yeah. got oh, okay. it. Yeah, yeah I let yeah. Parker do it. So we four you minutes. drink a beer when you start. How do I brought it up? I think so. Doc knows. So is it four? Because do you, yeah. do you start? Do you yeah. drink one and then start? you drink a beer, then you start. You drink a beer, then you start, or you start, and then you drink a beer? It would still be four. Whatever. It's got to be McDonald's. I don't think you end with a beer. You start with a beer. No, right. But you can drink and run. 
Because yeah, you wouldn't. Or you, you wouldn't you end be walking in. And right, that wouldn't count. Yeah. if you ended. Okay. Yeah. Right. Um, so yeah. So if you can run and drink, that's an advantage. Yeah. I thought that was pretty cool, though. This, this guy's fucking sponsored. And I don't think they I, care if uh, one beer comes back out. And, and shoes matter, evidently. This could shoes be a matter. weird. This could get them in a weird situation. Because what if people start thinking, oh, this guy can run in these shoes while drunk? Yeah. What if, like, <laughs> don't worry, don't worry officer. I've got my Kents on. Yeah. I can walk down the straight line. No problem. RWIs. can walk that line. <laughs> yeah. So he's less, he's like four and a half minutes or something, 4.16 or something. That's pretty like that. good. 4.51. 4.51. So he's like chugging wow. beer a minute, basically, yeah. and running. Yeah. So all that carbonation is gut. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So do you have to hold it down, or what do you feel like? Yeah. I don't think it doesn't matter. You blow, you, you're, yeah. you're disqualified? I don't think it's no. Dan Gordon rules. No, I, th- I think good. you can throw up. Uh, you can throw up as long as you make that, that time. You can blow oh. the foam. Yeah, you just have to cross the finish line, that's it? Yeah, you can cross yeah. the finish line. You can die as long as they get yeah, photo evidence. Right. Great. I love it. You can foam your friends. <laughs> foam home. Foam home. Wow. Yeah. Foam home. Uh, this All one's right. about a, a cool little beer app. Uh, in the beer aisle, we tend to make decisions based on risky factors like label allure or suggestions from the anonymous critics who actually take the time to contribute to review sites, which means you've probably got a pretty good shot at, depend- at spending your hard-earned cash on a crappy bottle. This is unacceptable in the information age. Of course, I didn't write this. I'm paraphrasing from uh, news sources. Uh, what tastes good to one person is really subjective, says Trace Smith, who is the CO of Next Glass, an app that uses crazy amounts of data to tell consumers what beers and wines they might like. Palettes are a bit like thumbprints, he says. They're unique from person to person, and they dictate whether you're more inclined towards a caramel-flavored malt beer over a bitter IPA. I love those malt beers. They're just amazing. Mm. This is kind of yeah. like Pandora for beer. The latest craze. We looked at Pandora's music <laughs> genome project and thought, yeah. why can't we do something like that <laughs> yeah. for beer and wine? Uh. They're perfect. So uh, the Next Glass team went on the ultimate beer run, sending a van to gather 15,000 beers from 48 stores in 35 cities. They sent one van. <laughs> With just a van. Wow. Within a mile? They, yeah. They, uh, they ran each beer through a mass spectrometer that essentially stores, uh, sorts all the chemical compounds in a beer by size, mm-hmm. which produced tens of thousands of data points to work with. By feeding them into Next Glass's app, Smith claims it can tell you whether you'd like a beer or not based on how its chemical compounds compare with the beers you normally we drink. We analyzed 10,000 oxidized beers. Right. <laughs> yeah, right. And gave you this oxidized beer result. Yeah, we thought you would like this like like oxidized this, beer. This level of oxidation. Yeah. Here, have a high nilod. Oh. Uh. Uh, next glass doesn't <laughs> pretend to know how every single chemical compound found in beer affects taste. For example, the app will tell you that a beer contains diacetyl, the compound that gives some bruise. Uh, but I hate it when Ugh. people say beer, uh, bruise, call bruise a beer. It's a beer. It's not bruise. Bruise is a verb. They call it a suds, too. Suds. Oh, suds, yeah. are fan. suds. Suds at least are like, to yeah. me, it's like old man, like your grandpa. Hey, give me a bottle of suds. Uh, but bruise is just stupid. Uh, the compound that gives some beers a buttery flavor. But translating that into a qualitative measure of buttery flavor, quote-unquote, is beyond its powers. Beer is an extremely complex matrix of hundreds of different compounds, several hundred of which have been identified and determined to play at least some sort of role in the flavor profile, explains Brett Taubman, a researcher at the Appalachian State's Fermentation Sciences Department. He says, we're still a long way from understanding exactly how all of the compounds come together to determine a beer's flavor profile. There's also the fact that beer's flavor changes as it ages, sometimes for the better and sometimes <laughs> not. At the, same, at, 
And the same beer from the same brewery can vary year by year due to tweaks and subtle recipe changes, blah, blah, blah. We all know that. I so, thought it was pretty so cool. maybe uh, <laughs> they can develop a feature in the app, kind of like other social media beer apps, where it gives you like the butter popcorn award if you've drank oh, really? more than more than five beers with diacetyl <laughs> threshold yeah. over the flavor. Oh, that'd be rad! <laughs> no, I feel like they, they have a secondary market in once they've done the mass spectrophotometer on it, yeah. selling that information back to the breweries, right? Because a brewer could be interested in some of that information. Sure. So could make a, it means. a 20 by 20 right. print of it and put it on the wall in the brewery. Me, you, yeah. <laughs> this is our beer. Would, the value yeah. would be if you did sensory on the beers. Well, I mean, yeah. the brewery and knows what it tastes like. To the, data, oh, yeah. right? the human, the human like sensory. Like this beer tastes oxidized. Well, maybe if you, if you get 500 beers where people said it tastes oxidized and you compare like the data points within those beers, you'll or, say, oh, you, you have 100, yeah. it looks 100, like when, it, when it displays this compound, that's probably saying it's oxidized. Then or, eventually, or at least like crowd source feedback. Say like, you have to mm-hmm. cross-reference. Otherwise, yeah, you could do sure. like a triangle with three people and then a bunch of different mass spectrometer data. The triangle of people yeah. would always give you more useful data, I think. Yeah. It, it would yeah. be interesting if there were kind of typical images that were created amongst beers that were popular for a style. Like IPAs that were real popular always looked similar to this one example. Yeah. And like loggers always look like this. Yeah. So then people could better attenuate or something, yeah. you know, whatever we yeah. like about it, yeah, it would show up. What was Over- the point of the story? The point of the story is <laughs> these guys are doing Pandora. Pandora. Is that they've got getting a blood test on They need beer. real human data and they're gonna follow you around and track that instead and pay you to drink. Too ma- too many words for Doc. I've had other people try to follow me around. That's they can't keep up. <laughs> they cannot keep up. No, I know. They there's can't. there's yeah. no way. Oh, your hand oh, you roll hard and heavy, yeah, for sure. Uh, here's a pretty cool one from uh, South Korea. Female heavy crowds are the norm at Seoul's craft beer bars and brew pubs, which our spam of the week came from, which is amazing. Uh, <laughs> what was that? Ping Maybe pong and so fish much. cooking? Yeah, I like to cook fish and play ping pong. Are South Koreans known for heavy females? Uh, ground zero for the burgeoning uh, craft beer movement. As customers, I would say women are definitely drivers, says Tiffany Needham, co-owner of Seoul's Magpie Brewing Company. She should probably, uh, you know... Differentiate. Uh, they're not drivers they're, they're, because they're drinking. They're, di- they're like designated drivers. <laughs> they're, that wouldn't be. They're safe. drivers of the craft beer movement. <laughs> Driving okay. the market. Oh. Uh, right. Magpie Brewing Company, which opened in 2012. I remember six months into it, it was all Korean women in the bar, and it was like a switch has just been flipped. She recalled. The story is similar at Riley's Tap House, Korea's first craft beer bar, where women make up about 65 percent of all customers. This holds true at newer joints as well. A bartender at the hip pop-up craft beer bar, Namasan Chemistry, estimated that 70% of customers during their three-month run were female. That's, that's a lot. Oh, I want to go check this out. Ladies say that. every night. They say that they're going to get the guys in there. Right. Yeah, well, yeah. probably, yeah. Craft beer is to modern-day Korean women what Cosmos were uh, in Ooh. the 90s, a drink of sophistication to be shared with your equally sophisticated girlfriend. So Korean craft beer culture has become much, much about appearances as taste. At Riley's, if you have a beer and you put an orange or a watermelon on the side of it, something of that nature, then women tend to like that, says the owner of uh, Riley's. Makes a good selfie. And I just I can't get that mental image out of my mind of just a bunch of Korean women with selfie sticks and their beers. How do you come up with the name Riley's? 
Yeah, well, considering their last name is Zitzelberger, I don't know. It's a good question. A sales clerk, in Korea. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. A sales clerk at the bottle shop in Seoul told me, and many fellow uh, female customers will pick beers based on the label alone and are willing to spend more on quote aesthetically pleasing bottles. Well, if you're going to take a selfie, it's got to look. Good. It's got to look right. good. Come on. Korean men haven't gotten as excited about pretty bottles or beautiful presentation as women have because more often than not, and this is this is really what drove me to report in the story, men are drinking to get drunk. Often to the point of passing out on the street. Oh. <laughs> Harder liquors like soju or whiskey uh, uh, will do the trick quicker than beer alone, so there's less interest in trying out new flavors. Passing out on the street. <laughs> passing out on the street. I'm Sorry. just here to get drunk and pissed on. I don't know. I'm, wow. I'm, I'm trying to save a spot out on the sidewalk I need to go pass out in. Yeah, well, parking that, sucks. Isn't yeah. that why we moved out of Martinez? That's <laughs> true. That's true. <laughs> uh, men kind of prefer their neighborhood place or the place they've been going to for a long time, said Needham, of male drinking habits. They just want to go to their Hoff, I don't know, Hoff House or their place, I don't know, and drink the beer that they know, and I think women are a little more open-minded. The trendiness of craft really? beer can only float higher prices for so long. You should go to Seoul, Doc. <laughs> so, <laughs> the women are open-minded. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So brewers have like to beer. take on the role of educators to sustain, stales, uh, to sustain sales. If you do teach your customer about what's going on into the product, then they can start understanding the value of it, and then they can pay five or seven bucks for a beer instead of three bucks for a cast, which I think is like their equivalent of Bud Light. Yeah, like it's like a, super cheap, mass like produced. Kite or a cast or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, the good news is that women are on board, even if it's taken a bit of time, and are quicker, quickly getting used to the more complex flavors. Si-ho Lee, one of Korea's only female brewers who currently works on the team at Magpie, uh, remembers a time when women would order pale ales because it was the most popular style but would hate it. Half of them, she said, it was too bitter. Some have asked us if they can get some honey so they can mix it in. So they're drinking this beer, they fucking hate it, and they want to add a honey to it so it doesn't taste like beer, but they're drinking it because it's trendy. Well, sometimes when you're on... It's trendy and they can get a selfie with it. Right. Right. When you're on this side of the bar, you want to continue to engineer the product. What was her name? What was her name again? Uh, Sea Hole. (laughs) I just made you say that. There's a a new one? I'm sorry. Seol He. Seol He. Look, sometimes you read what you want to read. (laughs) Um, increased education about and access to different styles of beer means that Lee isn't getting requests for honey pails anymore, but it does seem that Korean women continue to prefer sweeter beers like fruity wheat beers or chocolatey borders. What kind of, yeah. Apparently they haven't heard about Imperial IPAs or anything over there to get the men drunk faster so they can lay down on the sidewalk. Still not as quick as soju. I guess, yeah. You like a soju! They just named the beer lay down on the sidewalk (laughs) beer. (laughs) (laughs) Curbside pillow. Curbside (laughs) pillow. That's even better. Way better. Isn't that what IPA stands for? Yes. (laughs) Fall down drunk. Um, this is uh, pretty cool. This is for you, um, Nate and uh, Warren. Oh, Why not? Yeah. This is a hop thing. Uh, oh. Use of microscopic... See if you can figure out what the fuck I'm saying. Use of microscopic pressurized shock waves generated by controlling cavitation as a non-shear method for increased extraction of alpha acids and oils from hops. Yes. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense to you people? Yeah. It, yeah. yeah. What yeah, about they're, they're using, I'm uh, trying to follow. What's next? Well, there's an um, ultrasonic wave. What about it? Machine. I don't understand help. it. They're trying to... 
do things. Well, here, I'll, t- I'll tell you all. They get, want to, yeah, they Let want me to get some you, kind Doc. of qualitative data off of this method. Well, here you go. Uh, apparently, that was the name of a seminar that was given recently at the Master Brewers Association of the Americas uh, by a cat called Santiago Gomez. Gomez has raised a few eyebrows discussing his company's latest innovation called ApoWave, which uses the futuristic-sounding shockwave power reactor technology Whoa. to increase the amount of alpha acids. You need acids. reverb when you say that. <laughs> uh, this increases the amount of alpha acids that get extracted from hops in the brewing process. The company claims that by controlling, uh, quote, cavitation, I don't know why it's in quote, is in, in the hopping process, it can save brewers money. It's a buzzword. Cavitation uh, is the creation of a low pressure zone in a fluid that essentially vaporizes a small amount of the fluid, creating small vapor bubbles. And then this guy goes, think low temperature flash boiling. Um, think back to high school science when you pulled on the plunger of a syringe and created boiling inside of it at room temperature. I'm like, that's not cavi- I didn't do that's not- shit in science, dude. <laughs> that's I drew not cavitation. I drew goat heads yeah. and pentagram. What am I going to do? <laughs> oh yeah, I remember the pulling the plunger on the periodic oh, table. Oh wait, uh, no, never mind. <laughs> For sure, that description just sounded like anal sex. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the plunger, plunger on some boiling. Some boiling. <laughs> oh yeah, and then vaporizing. And he's just saying that they're adjusting <laughs> the pressure in their kettle. To, it sounds like something. Which affects yeah. how they're like conversations. It sounds like he's like using ultrasonic <laughs> waves to help break things up. Well, that's what I thought. But then the last part you read made it sound like they're just adjusting the pressure. When he's like, "It's like when you boil something in a syringe." Yeah, he says these that's, low which pressure is just adjusting the pressure. Is he talking about wort uh, going through pumps or something? I don't know. It doesn't really. Um, it, it doesn't really get that, clear. That, none of that made sense. That's, that's, right. that's what confused me. Right. Yeah. That's the confusion. Yeah. You got to sign the NDA. It's like. Doesn't go together. So this sounds like it's pitched maybe <laughs> to the light lager brewers somehow about probably using very 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 little amount. You throw of a hops. pellet in there per you know yeah. barrel now. You only have to it's, use it's, instead of four ounces of tetra hop per hundred barrels. <laughs> right. You get right. to use point three or something. It, I don't know. Speaking uh, out the last little bit of efficiency yeah. they can. Yeah. He says uh, these low pressure zones are unstable and eventually the bubbles collapse, releasing a shock wave as the energy it took to create them has to go somewhere. Uh, this process of bubble formation and collapse is the heart of cavitation. For hops, we use these tremendous pressure fluctuations to push water slash wort deep inside the hop particle. And then as they collapse, they're able to essentially suction out the oils, acids, and flavors. Hmm. When the SPR technology is applied to the different processes within the brew house, combined with expertise in hop utilization, it allows <laughs> brewing customers to produce bitter beers with 50 to 90% less bittering hops. And 50 to 75% less aroma hops. No. I was trying to get more oh. in the aroma. Yeah. But then, you know, there's probably other factors that are, hard to, cool. that are hard to control. In the same That's way. what like, I thought. Yeah, we right? get like a Bamforth style, like well, the, right. the foam and the head. <laughs> right, right. The, you, yeah, what not vegetal just, matter has not to the same. pitch what, something, right? What does that do to all the proteins and everything else? You exactly. might get better isomerization, yeah. but there are other things If you're talking about bitterness in a vacuum or in, under pressure, as it might be, in this right. case, well, the, the, different, the place is called Hydrodynamics, and they manufacture the shockwave power reactor. I got to have one just for the name. You do. And for the reverb. I still um, wonder why you picked this. So this is a Kickstarter? <laughs> I thought it was fun. It's not fun? You yeah. should you should be more fun. Right, you're a doctor. You don't like science? Yeah. I don't like I don't like bad science. <laughs> How is it bad? Is it is it flawed, you it, think? Yeah. I mean he pitched it to the NBA. That stuff, like that's all that stuff didn't right. it didn't coincide, did not make sense. Well, I'm also really dumb, and I, I cherry-picked it. I'll send you the ah, article. Okay. I don't know. He chopped it up so it, didn't, it made no sense. Right, it got yeah. in the way of my Star Wars yeah. Battlefront playing time. I need to, I need to go 
Yeah, anyway. Fine. Uh, and then last, but get iBooks. What the fuck, you Apple? Get out of here. <laughs> no, I don't want iBooks. Order, Leave yeah, them. upgrade now. Yeah. yeah, it's time. Upgrade now. Get What's your here. name? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Constellation Brands. This is the news everyone's waiting for to talk about. Said oh. on Monday it will pay $1 billion <laughs> for cra- California Best craft radio. brew, ballast point brewing, and spirits. A record sum for a U.S. craft beer company. The deal signals that the craft beer industry, which has a roughly 10% market share in the U.S., has crossed a threshold and become a big business that large brewers expect to continue to grow in the years to come. It is the fourth and largest craft deal this fall. I'm calling a peak right here. This is it. You think it's got to be, right? The bubble is yep. about to pop? Maybe one. No, no, I'm not saying it's going to pop. I'm saying this is the peak. This is the high, this is a high water the mark. most they, yeah. they, they yeah. would get. Well, it's not the most they would get. It's the most you're going to see for a deal about that size. Probably. Well, it's the fourth. It's the fourth craft brew to be Bubbles bought this year. But no, it'll probably be more like a, a you know, a decline. Yeah. It's just, also, it'll just change. It won't be a dramatic event. It'll just be different because it's getting old school now. Well, what just, what, what about these fourteen dollars well, six packs? <laughs> well, they've always had that twenty yeah. to forty percent. Who else difference. has that? They've been able to do it. It's amazing. Right. right. Is, that part of the, is that part of the, like, a package? I mean, the, uh, they were going to go public. Makes you want right. They were. Right. Now that's off the They're, table, obviously. That right. would involve, like, have projections, right? Like, yes. what you can get for your beer. Yep. Well, is and that, is, that gonna, is that sustainable, you think, $14? All, and the filing doesn't happen by mistake, I don't think. This is all part of... Yeah. That sent the message. It's all part of being able to sell at a ver- at a really good price. Yeah. Well, yeah. Remember when and beer used to, uh, used to be able to go to the store and you buy generic beer? It'd be like... Yeah. Beer white, a black, lay, a black writing on a white can. Yeah. It would say oh, pale ale. And, yeah. and with a blue stripe. beer. Someday will come where they'll be... It'll say, same can, IPA. IPA, yeah. It'll be as good as Copa. Yep. Why not? That's where the will market is Will it be as expensive? You have to no, mortgage no, your house cheap, to buy no, it? Or? Cheaper, no, no, Dirt it'll be cheap. Cheaper. Remember, remember when we had Tony on and he was very proud of being able to be the... First IP in Zimbabwe. Oh, yeah. Not only that, that's where he's headed <laughs> next. But where he's headed yeah. now is the most popular twelve pack in this market in the Bay Area. Yeah, Bay. I bought two today, twelve forty nine. See, there you go, Each. and that's the cheapest one you can find for that flavor impact. And, and right well, next to it was Sierra, and they were price matching, or at least the they were trying to, right, hmm. as much as they could, yeah. right. I don't really know how Oktoberfest. That's, that's the whole game now. Is that all about that style? That's what or big guys can do right? with that flavor impact for a certain price point. I don't right. really know how inflated this buyout price is because if you're because comparing it to previous breweries, it's always been we've kind of figured out okay, you get this price per barrel in terms of your value and, and oh, sale yeah, price. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But Ballast Point's also a distillery, and so right, that, it's harder it's kind to of, do. Right, comparing it apples to apples with a previous brewery selling, it's not really possible. It's and it's, so it's very that different. Adds another X factor. You bring up a good point. Where people Constellation, are like, oh, this billion dollar price can't last. Well, Constellation Brands as a, a spirits portfolio, and this will fit right. kind of right into that. Exactly. Sure. Yeah. Exactly. Well, it's not necessarily inflated price, but one they know they have market projections they can hope they can. Right. Hold well, it's so, just comparing it to just a, a, another traditional brewery, and that's it. Doesn't really work. It's not right. necessarily one to one. No, I don't know. Exactly. For but, if, it, but if if only ten percent of their revenue was non beer based, you could say, well, that would be the only adjustment you'd have to make. Yeah. So it continues. Constellation is acquiring Ballast Point as part of a move to deepen its interest in the U.S. beer industry's uh, growth areas, which are Mexican imports. 
And craft beer, of course. Well, it's but always Mex- been the biggest. The Mexican imports the biggest are dominating. Non-US, the biggest yeah, non-U.S. Right. beer to sell in the U.S. has always been Corona. Right. right? Over yeah. the last 15 years. Yeah. Right? yeah. Uh, they approached Ballast Point after the craft brewer filed regulatory paperwork for a public offering last month. Chief yeah. Executive Rob Sand said Constellation was impressed by the brewery's growth and the premium pricing of its beers. Premium pricing. <laughs> You're Yeah, they yeah. give you a. Squared. Premium. Yeah. Squared. Premium. Yeah. Oh, for <laughs> sure. They give you a spoon and gouge your eyes profit with margin. <clears throat> Over premium. Right. In Atlanta. So get dig 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 this, dude. In Atlanta, Ballast Point's Sculpin IPA sells for ten ninety nine at grocery stores. It's fucking what? sixteen bucks here. <laughs> yeah. Right, it goes across the U.S. and you it's get five dollars like cheaper. Ninety nine, right here. Yeah. yeah, which is about two to three more than most competitors in Hot Atlanta, but uh, here it's six to eight m- more. It, it's insane. Yeah. Ballast Point double. So this is this is this is what you were alluding to, Nate. This is this is the uh, these are the numbers here, which I thought was interesting. Ballast Point doubled its production and sales in the first half of this year, selling more than um, one hundred and eighteen thousand barrels and generating fifty one point seven million dollars in net revenue. It reported a first half profit of five point nine million dollars on a revenue of three hundred and fifty seven dollars a barrel. Which is well above the craft beer average of two hundred and seventy a barrel. Right. So people are buying this price. Maybe sixteen bucks isn't. People are buying so it, and, and they know how to and ride the wave when it's at its peak to get the a uh, really good profit margin per mm-hmm. barrel, right? And use that as leverage to to sell the brewery too. And they've also been probably reinvesting all that capital in building all the new brewery capacity that they brought online over the last few years. I like Ballast Point beer. I like Grun- I mentioned yeah. Grunning earlier in the yeah, show. Yeah. I think that's an awesome yeah. beer. They have many, many great beers, but um, I think they've, they're playing this game, and they're playing it well. I For wonder sure. if they're using price in order to help regulate how much sales happen locally, like in their local market, say California is their local market. So that way they have the available volume to sell nationally because they can't they, – they raise the price here so they don't sell as much as they would Maybe so. Otherwise, so that way it gives them the option to push more beer na- nationally and develop that brand. Right. So, what do you guys think? So, they already sell this beer in many other states in the U.S. What do you think that Constellation is going to do with this? Do they want to sell Grunion in every state? Or, I mean, uh, probably more to the point, Sculpin. Well, so I read in another article that mentioned, um, you know, right now craft beer has about 11% of, um, of the beer market. And, uh, the nationwide. Nationwide. In the U.S. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the Brewers Association is saying within by 2020, uh, we're going to have about 20%. So you take Ballast Point's giant growth that they're going to double in 2016, what they've done this year already in 2015. Right. They're at the, they're at the top. So they've purchased the number one juggernaut in craft beer right now. One of the biggest, biggest growing at that profit margin yeah. company. Yeah. People are people are paying out the 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 uh, inflation squared or whatever tasty whatever tasty math just happened. Um, they're clearly clamoring for it. They can't brew enough of the stuff. So why well, not? That, that means yeah. by the BA's yeah. definition, Ballast Point will always be craft. Then in and order for in order for that to even be possible, and maybe they so. have Lagunitas, and they have and spirits, Firestone Walker, and, and they have spirits. and they have drink mixers like they right. have all the like the Bloody Mary yes, mix and all these exactly. things, right? And they're good. Actually, I've had some of those. Yeah. They're pretty darn tasty, and I think yeah. those are selling well. Oh right, they're all selling right. well into a market segment. And, like, they want to grow. The alcoholic right? root beer segment is growing like crazy, and so Constellation Which buys these guys. I can't, I can't wait, 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 but hold on, back of me. Beep, beep, beep. You haven't heard of alcoholic like, root beer? No, 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 no. I live in a called, beer. It's called not, All right, hold on. It's, I live in a fucking cave over here. Tell me. Oh, it's, called, <laughs> it's called not your father's root beer. Not your father's root beer. Oh, because of dad's root beer. Not your dad's root beer. So it's got at least 
four different brands that I know. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. It's fucking 12 bucks, a six-pack. Is it good? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I've never yeah, had never it because I'm not it. paying yeah. 12 bucks for yeah, it. Yeah, it is. Late. Yeah, it is. <laughs> is it, you've had it, Doc? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. Really? What's the wow. percent alcohol on that? It's about, it's... It's like three or four, like a, right? Or something? No, it's pretty no, low. No, like a wine no, cooler? no, no, no. Oh, wow. That's about four and a half. Right? Okay. Oh. All right. Hmm. Oh, okay. It's like, you know. It's like, it's like having standard a... Standard beer level. Yeah. 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 They, they, they're different. There's a few different ones. Okay. They're a bit different. Well, that if was... You, if you're uh, enjoying hmm. beer, they're yeah. pretty good. Bev. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> she might get fun. Yeah. Better than rum chata. How to have fun. Already fun. Okay. Well, that was beer news. There you go. we did That's it. Only four stories. What's the Twitter game? We're getting to that right now. Twitter game. Doc is on it, man. Yeah. What's next? Is that like Pandora? When's the Twitter game? Yeah. Oh, I know what's next. Uh, Twitter game was uh, I wanted people to describe the smells of the uh, the bunker, the BN bunker, the big old RV. Because Justin and the Frenchies are up in the Pacific Northwest, they're coming six, down there's now. Six Frenchies now. You know six, they got smelly six, cheese wow. in there and uh, so, French yeah, bread. yeah, it's like that. The beers, the it's farts, like charcuterie, the fromage, and saucisson. Oh, yeah. Yeah. you know they ran out of clean underwear. Just French fries. I don't think they even left with clean underwear. Or even wore underwear. Well, no, they definitely didn't. They're French. Did they bathe? Here we Purely go. Optional. Uh, Jeff Granick says uh, it's hard to distinguish if that burning smell is coming from the BN's R- uh, the BNRV's <laughs> flaming brake pads or Justin's low friction handy lube. <laughs> oh, that is hard. That is pretty tough. Well, the high friction uh, handy lube would smell more. So remember, guys, uh, keep <laughs> tracking these. Grit. Let me know what you <laughs> yeah. like and what we Lava. should kill. Like as we go through, okay. let me know what you should kill. All right, that one, that one won't go on. That won't go on. All right, oh, let's okay. kill that because uh, normally Jay does this, but it's hard to run both sure. at the same time. Uh, Sean Campshoff says uh, it, the B and uh, RV smells like shame and urine. Not in that order. Um, <laughs> it smelled like that before they left. Right, yeah. yeah. That yeah. was there. Nothing K- new. Kill well, I don't, kill I don't know. I don't want to dump them all, but uh, that one's like on the back burner. Yeah, let's you kill know. it. There's a whole other meaning to slide right. out. Mm-hmm. Someone called Beer Judge says that it smells like hobo despair. Ooh, <laughs> okay. Mm. Keep it? Keep it. No, I'll keep it for now. Uh, Andrew Hudick says uh, ass with a little extra ass on top. <laughs> who's on, who's on top? Probably honest. Uh, but, yeah. yeah. Uh, a little bit more pretentious ass. Right. I lol. I you louded? I lolled. Uh, Mike B says it smells like Justin's fingertips. I don't understand. Because uh, he scratches his balls? Maybe. He could have said fingernail. It would have been better. Yeah, I'm oh, going to dump it. Yeah, like, underneath underneath his fingernail. Uh, Sean Titchy says it smells like they're boycotting deodorant. Well, you mm. know. No. no? Wow, okay. It's, it's a no, tough room. There. Not well, funny because it's true. Right, <laughs> right. yeah, it's too close to home. Yeah. Um, boy kind of French word? Austin says, this game is racist and Justin smells like sheep. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know French people were a race, but... Uh, are they like sheep? Yeah. Well, uh, that's why do Justin racist. like sheep? Uh, should we keep that one or leave it? Or uh, we left. Check it? Yeah, that was yeah, good. You gotta yeah. keep that one. Right. That's in. Uh, our friend Melovino Meadery oh. says, uh, I'm sure it's gonna smell a lot like JP is hosting more shows from now on. <laughs> smell like that. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good insight. That's a good there. insight. Uh, Keith Allen says, uh, smells like charcuterie, sweaty nuts, and beer sharts. Like oh that. god, that's way too <laughs> that's all accurate. Didn't, that's, we, like, that's, didn't we kind of say that? That's all kind of the same. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's true. Um and oh. then uh last but not least, uh Ross Johnson tweeted in with your music sucks tonight. <laughs> 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 Hashtag your music sucks tonight. 
<laughs> so he wasn't playing a game. He's just making well, a right. statement. He's yeah. making a statement. Because at the break, I was playing Yacht Rock. Right. He's funny. wrong, <laughs> but it's funny. It's still funny. It's not an intro to the game. He's not going to yeah. win. He's like, normally I tune into this show to listen to the music, but tonight I vote, it's kind of weird. <laughs> <laughs> so we got Hobo Despair. Uh, we got the, this game is being racist. Uh, it's smelling like I'm hosting more shows and uh, charcuterie sweaty nuts and shardy farts. Ass on ass. I, I pulled oh, that one out, that yeah, because no one cared oh, about Bevo it. You've got to know that Yeah, one. well, she was the only one. All right, uh, who's for Hobo Despair? No. No. All right, who's for this game is racist and Justin smells of sheep? I like that. That one. All right, well, that's the winner. Yeah, Austin. All right. Again, my vote does not. I give our no. listeners credit. And it matters. Which one is Doc going to vote for? Which one would Doc vote? Melavino Meadery? Uh, it's going to smell like I'm hosting? The charcuterie. Charcuterie? You would it's uh, very redundant. <laughs> and our listeners That's are upstanding people and did not make any bombing jokes. That's great. Hey, I, you know, I was tweeting. I was like, oh, this, this could be. Uh, yeah. Oh, I was like, who's going to do I have, this? I have faith in our listeners. They're, they're good people. They are good people. Um, I, speaking of good people, not fun people, because we're not talking about bad. No. Um, I think we're done. I'm going to check on my things. Yay. All right. Uh, oh, we got, I got to promote other beer shows. Uh, I think we're doing some uh, live Dr. Homebrew next week on Monday. There's going to be no show. Monday. Okay. Monday, oh. we're doing some Dr. Homebrew. Uh, the guys were a little bit down in the dumps, so uh, we're, we're postponing that. Uh, you can check out other shows like Dr. Homebrew. And uh, let's be honest, Dr. Homebrew. But also the Jamil Show, the Sour Hour, all sorts of fun stuff over here on the Brewing Network. Um, what about anyway. Dr. Homebrew? Dr. Homebrew's great. Um, okay, well, thanks for hanging out, guys. Nate, you did a great job. Thanks, guys. Great, Nate. Paxton, it was great talking yeah. to him, and yeah. uh, it smells like pot in here. Uh, Bev is uh, fun. It's apparently. a CTZ, buddy. Well, right here. Yeah. She was uh, a hoot tonight. Right. All right, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time. Cheers. Yeah. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just my sky and wind.